my thing is you don't want to risk missing out on someone you could have been happy with over something superficial. Yeah, like penis size. Um, What's going on, everybody? Episode 26 of the Saratobi Sports Podcast. You already know what the dealio is. It's your boy, JT, doing the intro, uh, you know, on a rare occasion, stepping out of my comfort zone, but you already know what the vibes is. To my left, the man, the myth, the legend, John. Hey. <laughs> and then over. <laughs> Yo, I can't hear John, son. <laughs> Yo, <dang. laughs> I was I was not paying attention at all, and then I was like, "Oh shit, he said my name." <laughs> I was scrolling on Instagram. <laughs> that was wild. Then, That's a fried alligator, bro. And then to my right, like a whole alligator. Have... Are you really just gonna interrupt the whole? I'll do I'll do this shit again. Damn. No, just keep going, keep going. You know what? We're gonna do it over. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Nope. Well, I'll, I'll just cut the second one out. So. <laughs> all right, and. <laughs> to my right, a man that needs no introduction. He shot six of eleven tonight against the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> Dennis Smith oh, Jr., aka Mouse Francesa, in the building. Oh, man. I thought he had to retire that name because he retired again. Yeah, and, oh, he did. Say, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nah. What? What? What it do, y'all? What it do, baby? That's right. And again, if you haven't seen Kawhi at the strip club, go watch that. <laughs> In the new balance. That's, that's brand awareness right there, man. Bro. How many people are, are advertising at the strip club like that? Muscle and Kawhi, straight face at the strip club, palming a whole ass cheek. Whole oh, ass cheek. Man, he probably palms the whole entire ass. His hand is so big. Yo, did you see the um did you see the picture of him dapping up Paul George? Did not. Alright, let me send it to you. Saw the shit last night. Uh no. <laughs> I always, I always remember the picture when somebody was comparing Kawhi's hands. It, I don't know if you guys watched this show, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. But Charlie's yeah. uncle has this phobia about his hands being mad tiny. Oh, yeah. So he wears these big, like almost like foam hands to court one day. <laughs> it is mad reckless. That's every time I see Kawhi, I always think about that. And that's a great transition to the NBA is where we go. Yeah, so the biggest thing right now in uh, the NBA is uh, all the trade deadline rumors with uh, that coming up soon. It's exciting. It's getting a little spicy with uh, the way the Grizzlies are talking right now. If you haven't seen that, Dylan Brooks and uh, Ja, they want Iggy to be traded because they're like, oh, they, they want to play him so they can show him what Memphis is really about. That's energy right there. That's energy, but Iggy will probably still clamp him up. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. John Moran would probably give him buckets. He probably would. I feel like Iggy would just hit him with that old man strength. Buy him by it with the speed. That Moran's speed is, is is wild. Yeah, someone still need to teach this boy how to land though. Come in time. Yeah. And even outside of that, there's like a whole bunch of other trade rumors going around, whether it's Capella, D'Lo, mm-hmm. and 
I, I don't know, man. Got it's, one it's, just it's, recently with Kennard to the from the Pistons. I don't know what the Pistons are doing. What? I don't know. Uh, well, they're shopping him, but the latest thing is to the Suns. Um, the, oh my God. the Suns, man. I, mean, I don't, I don't mind it for the Suns. Just get another shooter in there, but who's they like going to? What are they giving up? Because a team like that should not be giving up picks. Well, so. from what I, the latest thing that Wad said was like Javon Carter, Akobo, and like a second rounder. Like nothing really, but I don't know, man. Hmm. But yeah, um, I heard a lot about the Capella thing last night and today. The only team that I feel like it makes sense for, to be honest, is the Celtics. I don't, I feel like any of the other teams that he's in talks for, it just doesn't make sense to me. That's fair. Like the first thing we heard was the Hawks, which is just dumb. And obviously, we don't know all the teams. It's like, oh, numerous Eastern Conference teams, like including the Hawks. We we've spoke about on this podcast why we don't think the Hawks should make a move, and especially why would you make a move for another big that's going to clog the paint for John Collins? Like that just doesn't make any sense. John Collins is on a stretch four, so for you to go and basically just get another big that's going to just be in the way, it makes no sense. Now him going to the Celtics makes perfect sense because um the Celtics have been bullied by big centers. That's that's been their thing. Like they. People start getting going down low. They're they're getting beat up down there because uh, Al Horford has been old this season, to say the least. Yeah, and then their other bigs just aren't, you know, large humans outside of Taco Fall, who's a two way player. Well, Horford's well Horford's on the Sixers this year. You're absolutely right. And well, they got they got Cantor. Cantor just isn't. He's good not. He's never been a defensive thing. Yeah. Why, why did I think of Horford? And Horford then, was in a trade rumor for someone yeah. else. That's what it was. Their, their centers are, mm-hmm. their big men are Cantor and uh, Daniel Theis. Yeah. And, you know, that's an uh, offensively inclined center and then a power forward. So the, the Celtics make the most sense. And maybe money-wise, maybe that the only contracts that don't make sense are like Gordon Hayward, which... um. That's the only thing I can see making sense for both teams right now. Right. Probably just a no-name big. So probably who else is on that Celtics team's bench? That's the thing. Like The, the whole thing is I don't know if – Most likely it will be a no-name big, and I say Gordon. Gordon doesn't fit with – I don't think Gordon fits with – I think he does. The Rockets. With the Rockets? But where is yeah, he going to play? They would just turn him into a spot-up shooter. That's it. He's coming off the bench. Yeah, he's coming off the bench now, is he not? Oh, he starts. What? Yeah, it's it's like it's it's Kemba, him, Tatum, uh, Brown, and then they play uh, Cantor because T- uh, Brown plays like the four. Still don't believe in Jalen Brown. He's been all right this year, though. No, he's had a solid year. I just think he's, I just think he's overpaid for what he's shown. I think he's like, I think I, this might sound wild. This might be a hot take. But um, I think he's he's Andrew Wiggins on a good team. Nah, nah, because he plays. I think think he's better than Andrew Wiggins, and he shoot better than Wiggins too. This year, yeah, I mean, yeah, this year. But I mean, to me, I guess it's just me being like, where he was drafted and everything. It just seemed like he was going to be a lot more, a lot faster, you know. Yep. And 
like I'm happy with his development and like I've said this about D'Lo and stuff because I was big on D'Lo not balling and I prove me wrong because there's players that I want to prove me wrong I want to like Jalen Brown more than I do I think he is he has all the tools to be a great defender and he has the tools to be great on the other side of the ball too and I know this year it's been better and we still have like a lot of basketball left so he can definitely open up my eyes a bit more and stuff but I don't know man I'm I'm I'd, I'd be like a old, I'd be like a Trump supporter sometimes when I think about NBA players. I'm not gonna hold you. Oh man, <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, he's a 20 and six guy right now. Yeah. So I mean, I personally thought he was overpaid. I thought Demontis Sabonis I, I, yeah, I should be paid more because Demontis just does more for the team. That's my guy. But now, but now, but now that's now that's more evident though in terms of Sabonis. I think him being now when Sabonis got traded. No, nah, well, I mean, for a fact, when he got traded, but I'm saying that, like, we're seeing it more so now. We know that it's not fluky, more so mm-hmm. is really what I'm saying. Okay, that's fair. Team 13 and 5, and has kept the, the team, without Oladipo up until last week, has kept him in the top five in the East. I mean, that's, that's yeah, insane man, I something. Mean, bro, he's, I fuck with Sabonis heavy, man. The one thing with, like, the Celtics is, and I was talking to my brother about this, they don't have a i guess star like kemba's not a kemba's not a superstar on this team like it's a very like the game, by committee the hmm? but they win games and they got a good coach and they got yeah. a good system they got a good coach they got a good system and the thing they didn't have before for sure because Kyrie was hurt but was someone um who you'll put it in their hands as the end of the game who was it um Fuck, what team was it? Terry Rozier? No, no, no. I'm trying to think of who it was. Uh, yeah, I feel like it, it was last year. We're talking about without Kyrie, the end of the game, who's, who's ball, like, who's the ball going to? And with Kemba, you know where it's going. So I think that's huge because a lot of those teams, and I feel like that's why um, when Budenholzer's with the Hawks, that's one of the reasons why the Hawks never made that push because the end of the day, when you need, you need a bucket, who are you going to? You know, I feel like well-coached teams that are good regular season teams where they don't have that proven star, that's usually the issue. And that's why I've I've said in the beginning, and we all said, you know, Kemba's a a way better fit. What's weird to me is that Kemba's averaging two whole less assists per game than what Kyrie did last year. Well, I mean, I know stats don't tell the whole story, but the Celtics are, yeah. I mean, it also has to go into play. I mean, even though he hasn't been as consistent, Gord, I think what gets overshadowed is how they tried to implement Gordon Hayward last year into the offense when he just wasn't ready coming mm. off of uh, that injury. So that kind of fucked things up. But, I mean, hey, you know, someone who's actually really caught my attention, I still don't like him as, like, he, he just annoys me. But Marcus Smart is probably one of the best glue guys. Bro, in the, absolutely. In the league. Best glue guy. And we've, I feel like we talked about it on here, too. Like, when you talk about a dude who put in work this offseason, like, he came back and is an efficient shooter now. His three-point like, shooting I feel is like, ridiculous. I feel like that was his biggest knock. And mm-hmm. then now it's like, yo, he's like, yo, I'm going to – but I, I feel like he's, he's out there with kind of that shit where it's like, I'm going to make – I'm going to make sure you know that your money was well spent, you know? Like, he's he's uh he's putting in the work to prove he deserves that money, which is dope. Also, as I'm uh, scrolling – the Bleacher Bar article to go through some of the other stuff. They're talking about the other bigs that might be on the move, which would be like Drummond and also Tristan Thompson. 
And honestly, if I'm the uh, the Celtics, I would rather make a move for Tristan Thompson than for Capella. I just feel like it would be a better fit. And I just like Tristan Thompson better than Capella. <laughs> I feel like he would go better in Boston too. But I don't know, man. Some of the other trades, though, that I uh, definitely want to mention was... um. Have you guys uh, heard about Julius Randle's the Hornets? Yep, I yeah. saw that. I, I, yeah, um, and to be honest, Julius for Devonte. Yeah, uh, that, that, I'm about to say like no, we, the Hornets aren't trading. Trading. They're not trading. They're Devontae. not. They're, I'm about to say they're not about to trade Devonte Graham. That money wouldn't like, work. What would we? What What would we give? What would we give up? I mean, not what would we give up. What would we get in return for him? I don't know what we first round pick. How? how, how, how Shit, we about to have end, end up with fucking three first round picks this year. Hopefully, how I mean, many first round picks can the Knicks keep doing and not pulling have in, the, in the draft? It would have to be a first round pick and someone who money wise would make it up. So, who's the biggest contracts on the Hornets right now? This might be biggest time. Biggest contract right now is uh, Terry Rozier. Yeah, at, ni- at nineteen mil. Then it's Bismarck Biombo. Mm-hmm. Ni- oh, sorry, sorry. Nicholas Batoon is at 25 mil and he's in the Oh, he's still there. So then that would be the trade. Yeah. That would be the trade there. Um why would you we don't do you need Nicholas Batoon though? No, his contract should be up soon, right? Yeah, I think it's over next year. Yeah, so that's what it would be. When you're in the Knicks and you still have all that room, you can take bloated salaries for picks and shit like that. So I feel like you take that Batoon salary and then you take the pick if you do get rid of Randall. And then you you do what the freaking the uh the Hawks did, and we're just like let's just rack up these first round picks. I I was thinking about it, and I was like I don't I don't really get why you know the Hornets would be in it. I mean I do I I think Julius Randle's a good player. I just think he's in a bad situation. But they're like Randle's twenty five, Rozier's twenty five, and De- and Devonte Graham's twenty four, and he would yeah. be in a better situation with the two of them. So then you really have that like little nucleus to see what would happen. I mean, I honestly wouldn't be mad at that. Like the uh, Malik Monk trade that people were throwing around uh, the other week. To where? To the Knicks. If you're gonna if you're gonna go after Batum, might as well just. I, I I mean, I don't know how the Knicks books look, but I mean, hey, they got space. You, they got Capper. Then you can get the bird rights to Malik. I like Malik Monk's game. I don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm just in the minority there. But I. But are are you playing him with RJ? Yeah, isn't because RJ's what like six foot five, six six, six seven? No, I'm saying, but their games six, are like seven, super similar. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think you could worry. I think uh, if anything, the Knicks desperately need a point guard. Yeah, which is why I think the D'Angelo Russell trade makes sense, and I think Knicks fans are dumb if they really are prioritizing uh, Mitchell, Robinson. Mitchell Robinson. I know, I know, John saw my tweet earlier today, but I mean, it's, what did you say? So I said. The Knicks, Knicks fans prioritizing Mitchell Robinson over D'Angelo Russell is the same as when Peter Griffin uh, had the chance to get the boat or the mystery box in Family Guy, and he took the mystery box. And in it, he's literally saying, a, a, "It might a be a boat. boat. A, bo- a boat's a boat, but the mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. You know how much we always wanted one of those. So that's my thing. It's like, what's the ce- the ceiling for Mitchell Robinson? Is what exactly? Because I think it's probably what maybe a Rudy Gobert. That's his ceiling, if that." That's a pretty high fucking ceiling. 
but and he you don't know if he doesn't I, foul <laughs> exactly right he's still very inconsistent he's he's undisciplined when it comes to defense because he'll have like three fouls in like five minutes he right? in and he's one of the most efficient players in the league he's like he top 25 in no, player I efficiency think robinson is great but it's it's gambling on potential yes versus a proven a not well a somewhat proven young star it's not like delo is old Delo is like 24 24, 25, 20, 24, 25, right? Though. Already an all-star. He's the point guard that the Knicks have been looking for for a while because frightened to Aquina, Alfred Payton, this that's just not it. Bro, they had fucking um they had Moutier last year. <laughs> and then Moutier ends up going to the Jazz. The Jazz and Moutier has been, been pretty decent for them this year off the bench. And then we also forget about Dennis Smith Jr., who I still love. I love Dennis Smith Jr. I love the potential he has, but right, he just be inconsistent in himself too. I, I mean, if you have a shot at getting a legit all-star point guard, right, which they should have gotten, like, or even just going back, right, if the Knicks trade for end up trading for DeAndre Russell, it kind of it's kind of egg on their face because they had the ability to do a sign and trade with the Nets last year, well, over this this off season because DeAndre Russell loves New York. And right. if they would have given offered the similar of what the uh, similar to what Golden State did for the Ke- for Kevin Durant, easily and we know they had the cap room. Yup, would have sure. easily sent D'Lo there for for a nice package because the Nets would have just ended up getting um, Kevin Durant through some other means. Right. Honestly, I think it's a good trade for both teams. I really do. It is because then Mitchell Robinson would just become Javale McGee from that from the championship years. Yeah, I, I don't. I think it's a good trade for both teams because you have your point guard. Is, is Mitchell, Mitchell Robinson is included in his pack in his, in his package to, to Golden State. Yeah, I don't know. So it's it wouldn't be straight up, obviously. I mean, yeah, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be straight up, but it's like what are I I, I don't know how much better we're we're getting from trading. You know what I'm saying for for trading Mitchell Robinson, Alfred Alfred Payton, and who would be who would be the third person? Maybe there, was, I, I think it was I think the initial. And Bobby yeah, Portis. All Bobby right, Porter. cool. So we already getting rid of people people who are are now on long long term contracts anyway. Minus minus Mitchell Robinson, who's still on a rookie deal, right? Then you also got to think Marcus Morris was got got signed on a on a one on one contract. I believe I believe so. He's probably going to be a free agent after the season anyway. Then Julie that that then Julius Randle, who's I think the the longest term Nick would be would still would still be on the team. So I don't know really like. What bring D'Lo along is going to do necess- necessarily like this year or even next year? I don't think it's for this year. It's for for the future. De- definitely not for this year. But it's like, is D'Lo really going to be the person the person that we signed? Because think about it. What's going to happen after after this draft? We don't know. We don't know who who we're going to draft. We might get. We might draft Lamelo. We might draft homies from UNC. It de- it really depends on on who's a- on who's available. What are we really banking on right now? Are we going to build around D'Angelo Russell? Or are we gonna build around RJ? Or what is what is really the direction of the team? But that's what you I can tell do you both. What, I'd rather have, with the way it looks right now, I'd rather have D'Lo, RJ, and Julius Randle than D'Lo. I mean, than RJ, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson. I don't know. Just because of playstyles. I, I see. I see what you're saying, but I just think Mitchell Robinson. I think his potential and his ceiling is too high to get to get rid of potentially. That's my only thing. I feel like everybody else I wouldn't mind getting rid of. Not saying he's a star, but I but it's not this is not like we're talking about a perennial all-star here. We're talking about D'Angelo Russell. He's a good player. 
know what I'm saying? Like, he's a good player. He was an all-star. He was an all-star in the East this year. I mean, the, Mm, he I it also depend depend depends on 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 whatever whenever whatever team he was on record for real i think that's more so like what the determining factor in that you know what i'm saying but and, yeah that's I, honestly why he got the all-star recognition last year because the nets were overachieving which i think he could right. do similarly with the knicks thousand percent but even so but even so he only got in and this is not a knock knock on him but that's because older depot tore yeah yeah, right. But he's only in that conversation because of the success, yeah, that he had. Um, no, no I, 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 I get, I see both sides of it. I'm like, I, I think that the Knicks need. I think, but I, I think where the league is, I think it's it's a guards league, and you yeah. need a guard that's gonna deliver for you every night. I mean, look at the best teams in the league. Aside from, I would get, I would say, I can't even say the Lakers because LeBron James is the guard on that team. But the best teams in the league all have all-star level point guards. I think you can get by with having D'Angelo Russell and not having Mitch because you can get away with having average big men and average center right. because it's a, it's a very yeah. much guard and stretch for league now, which is why guys like Capella, who can put up 20-20 every night, are on the trade block, you know? And I mean, I... I think D'Angelo could do something with this with, with that with that team if if you kept I him. Think, yeah. Him you, I think a core of him, RJ and Julius Randle is a solid core. And I st- I still believe I still kind of believe in Knox, maybe. Yeah. Oh, little Kina would be the other dude will, will be the other dude that goes in that trade. I'm just realizing. Then that's perfectly yeah. fine. Yeah. He Clank can go. Kina. Yeah, Clank. Clank. Can go. Yeah. Shout out to Peace. Yeah, no, nah, don't don't even don't even start with that conversation, bro. But yeah, okay. <laughs> Clank Clank could go. That yeah. that's the one piece piece of that trade that I would be okay with. So, do you think the Knicks or the Timberwolves are more likely to end up trading Adilo? I would want to see him on the Knicks. And I, like I mean, that's another thing, though. That's another aspect to it. You know what? My th- my thing is with with D'Angelo. I wouldn't want to see a young talent go to waste. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't That's even fair. want him to come to the Knicks. You know I, I would want him to go to the Timberwolves, where he at least has Carl Anthony Towns. And he can still go to waste. I mean, he could. He. I mean, where is he more likely to go to waste, though? Think about yeah. it. Would you rather be on a team with Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett, or would you rather be on a team with Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins? To me, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who are the Timberwolves trading for? Robert Covington and who else? Uh, so they went two first for Robert Covington, so I don't even know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> I don't know what trades they're making, but all right, yo, Carl Anthony Towns really thinks he should be in the All Star game. I mean, numbers wise, name one front court player in the All Star game for the West that he's better than. Um, What's the uh, front court? I don't. I don't. Um, I'll tell you right now. All right. Luca, Kawhi, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert, Jokic, and if you want to say Brandon Ingram because he's a tweener, he was averaging. He's averaging like twenty five and like eight, right? Exactly. So yeah, which one of those? And what's is Carl Anthony Towns? What, what's Carl averaging? Some some inflated Timberwolf stat where they still can't win games. All right, but that's not what he has though. I'm looking it up right now. All right, so I, I know this is probably second to last in the fucking list. Wow. His stats. 
I know, I know. I'm just I'm, I'm getting to it, man. He's averaging 27, 10, and 4. Hey, I mean, numbers-wise, yeah, he's an all-star, but you have to take winning into is, consideration. Is he better than any of those people I named? Absolutely not. <laughs> is he better than? Or, yes. I, I mean, he said, he said it's a shame the best players are not in the game. Not better than Luka, not better than LeBron, not better than Kawhi, not better than Gobert, Jokic, Go, not Gobert better than Anthony Gobert. Davis. He's not better than Rudy Gobert. It, it's like it's like, eh. I mean, who's who's more? Who's gonna win you more games? Probably Rudy Gobert, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. But then that's like me saying that, like, what's 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 the comparison? Like, that's like me saying, like, um, remember Carl Anthony Towns was seen as a more defensive center coming out of the draft. Wild. Yeah. I'm trying to think. It's like it's like Devin Booker not making an all-star all-star game. Like we know he's good, but he's not winning you. He's clearly not winning you anything. And that's that's that was a debate in itself whether or not uh Devin Booker should have been in an all-star game. I personally don't think that he should have. Me either. But it, it it's just what what it's based on. I mean, you gotta keep it consistent. You know, and a lot of people will, will, will argue that all right, well, Trey Young, you know, he's playing in an all-star game and he's on a bad team. Well, he's probably the most popular player in the league outside and, of Luka. Yeah, he got or voted LeBron. in. Fan vote. Yeah, he that's got, he got fan voted in. Facts. You guys, you guys Devin did that. Booker didn't get fan voted in. <laughs> yeah. That's also speaks on the market that you play in. Exactly. Atlanta versus Phoenix. So that's not necessarily Devin Booker's fault. Like if Devin Booker was in New no, York. No, that's Devin Booker's bro. fault. He resigned. Yeah, that's true. So did Carlton Towns. Towns. Exactly. So that, and to bring it back, I guess, a little bit uh, with the trade stuff, right? So D'Angelo, Booker, and Towns are all boys, kind of like like the, the new age. Yeah, they've been, trying, they've been trying to yeah. get together. So Carl's been pushing himself out of Minnesota, right? So hypothetically speaking, if the Knicks were to make a trade for, let's say, D'Angelo, you don't think they could probably spin it and empty the tank to get Carl? And then they'd both be team controlled for four years because uh, D'Angelo's contract is four, and then Carl Anthony Towns' extension was five, and this is his first year, right? You think they can end up with both of them? I think if you work now without giving up R.J. Barrett, if they yeah for them to get for them to get both, they give up. They have everyone. to be the, the pick. They give up everyone. It would have to be picks. It'd be the picks. R.J. It would literally mm-hmm. have to be the picks. R.J. All the bigger contracts, so Bobby, Taj, um, Randall. Like I don't even. You're giving, I, well, you're giving up Mitch. You got. You got to give up Mitch. You're gonna give up. Uh, maybe maybe one of them will be dumb enough to take uh, Knox. I don't know. Portis or Randall. Mm, it's already too much. It, it is. I mean, hey, I'm just spitballing ideas here. We're throwing darts at the board. No, I'm gonna see if I can get this on the trade machine right now. Might a three-team trade, um, unless it would be two separate deals. The Warriors wouldn't need a first-round pick because they already have a championship or at least playoff-caliber team when guys get healthy. Right, Steph, like Steph, uh, like next year they don't need any. Like, I mean, they'll probably add some free agents, but like they already have their core, their championship core of Steph, Clay, and Draymond. So it's not like they need a, a top overall pick. The Timberwolves got to decide, and they're kind of in the same boat as the, as the Pistons, what they want to do. If they want to tear it down, or if they want to just kind of reload. And I feel like they should be tearing it down. Mm. So, what do you guys think about uh, Andrew Wiggins on the uh, the Warriors? 
like a Harrison mm. Barnes and like a Harrison Barnes type of role. I feel like any which way that it goes, I feel like Wiggins on. Uh, for now, I mean, I I just think it's a it, that would be like more of a temporary thing. I mean, like, and when I say temporary, it's like I feel like he would get shined for a little bit, but the second that that Steph comes back. And when whenever Clay comes back next year, bro, I mean, I don't really see, I don't really see it ba- balancing out. It would be exactly like the Timberwolves right now, until the team comes back, and then he would just fade into saying, like, like, a, like a Gilchrist. I was gonna say a Harrison Barnes type role because Harrison was putting up on that team what, like a solid seven, like sixteen, right? Was he putting up that much? He was a decent contributor. He was a third leading scorer. Had to yeah. be. He was. He was thirty years old. Had to be uh, Wiggins is averaging twenty two. All right, you get like five less touches a game, so it brings you down to like maybe sixteen, seventeen points a game. But you're gonna get looks because you're playing with two of the best shooters, and they're gonna be running them off the ball all the time. So, I mean, and Draymond's one of the best half court facilitators in the league. I mean, it's, it could be it could be there. Dark skin Ben Simmons. Dark skin, unathletic Ben Simmons. <laughs> backpack, backpack Ben Simmons. Backpack Ben. <laughs> backpack ben. That's wild. Oh, you we are, we are, but it's all in good fun. It's all in good yeah, fun. But um, for sure. What do you guys think should happen with with Drummond though, and and then the Pistons? What do you think happens there? Because you got Drummond, you got Blake Griffin, you know, you got Reggie Jackson. With Drummond, man, I don't even know at this point. I, I, you know, I was all in on the Mavs trading for Blake, which I don't know what they'd get for him, but, you know, uh, I would have been been with it. Also, was he ACL or Achilles? Or who, Blake? No, it wasn't either. It was something different. I'm thinking Dwight Powell is why I think Achilles. But anyway, I like, I like Blake Griffin. So, and he, to me, still holds more value than Andre Drummond. But the only place I, I feel like, yes, I feel like Drummond's going to end up staying. The only place I could see him going is Atlanta forcing a bad trade. That's it. Why you would want to have John Collins and Andre Drummond in 2020? No idea. This is not 2005. No idea. Yeah, I just feel like it's unless a bad trade to the Hawks happens, I feel like he ends up staying there. And if they want a first-round pick for Derrick Rose, which I don't think is going to get traded because he expressed that he wants to stay, you know, they might not just be that great at making deals. So I, I see him end up staying. Dwayne Casey's is the coach over there, right? He is. Yep. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, another name, Aaron Gordon. I've seen him uh, being brought up. Yeah. Uh, I told Miles this last night, bro. The only two moves I would want the Mavs to make is either Andre Iguodala, which is the more, the more realistic one, or Aaron Gordon. That's it. I've been saying I want to Aaron Gordon on the team since before we got Luca. I believe in Aaron Gordon. I think he's wasting his career on the Magic, yep. and he would fit. He would fit the like need that the the Mavs have. The Mavs are getting bullied by by small forwards. <laughs> like that's that's usually the ones because Dorian Finney-Smith is great. He can guard around one through four. But for a really strong small forward, he's he's kind of slight, so Thanks. that they they're getting bullied. And Aaron Gordon has steadily improved his three point shot. Like he's athletic, roll hard to the rim. Like dude, I've I've wanted Aaron Gordon on the mass forever, man. Other teams that need small forwards like that, I don't I don't know. 
I don't that that would have enough. Like I don't know, man. I I can literally see. Tim, we I think we'd have to give up Tim Hardaway Jr., which is probably you know, he's having a he's fit well. It is unfortunate, but for a player with Aaron Gordon, also Aaron Gordon being younger, man, like that's that that's a move I make. I think the thing that would hurt is we might have to throw in Jalen Brunson, but maybe not. I mean, Aaron Gordon, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's done the team control for a little bit. It's crazy to yeah. think that he's been in the season he's six an extension. years already. Yeah. yeah, and he he came in mad young. Yeah, super young. Yeah, he was only 18 when he came into the league. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm all in on Aaron Gordon. The only team I want to see him on is the Mavs. That's it. I, I literally can't think of anyone else that would trade for him at this point. Or if he did get traded to a team, it would be like the Suns or some shit, and then he'd just be wasting his career again. He'd be in the West Coast Magic. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. I keep seeing him brought up with the Nets for like a Spencer Dinwiddie trade, and I'm like, why? Why? Exactly. No way. I don't, I don't. I don't buy that. See, well, here's the thing, right? And it's not even. I guess it's not. It was like one of the writers, like kind of, I guess, brought it up or hinted at it, and then some Net fans and Nets Twitter uh-huh. being stupid. And my thing, my whole thing is this, right? Let's say hypothetically, we do we do trade Spencer Dinwiddie for Aaron Gordon. When Kyrie goes to the bench, or when he's hurt, because he's hurt now. Who's bringing the ball up for the Nets? Joe Harris, obviously. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. We're gonna put the ball into Joe Harris or Chris LeVert's hands. Interesting. Yep. And when they go to the bench, who's bringing the ball up? Exactly. Exactly. Like, like <laughs> you know, I swear, people would just be thinking that basketball is just a big game of uh, it's just a big game of two K, and it's just oh yeah, no, just just play, trade anybody. Oh, I can just run. I can just right. play somebody for thirty eight minutes. No problem. Mm-hmm. We'll just figure it out later. Exactly. Like they, I just, I just don't get it, man. Like, I don't think the net personally, I don't think the net should make any moves because it would do nothing. I mean, like this, it's not yeah, like we're contending. Yeah, yeah, we're not contending this year. The plan was to never really win a championship. I think, and there's certain guys that I would want. So, like, so, like I think the Nets, a wash. Yeah, and it's okay to say that. It's okay to admit it. I mean, Kevin Durant's not back. I think what the net should do in free agency is go after a third point guard. Because I think every team needs three competent ball handlers just in case the primary goes down and you need the backup to step up, which means you need a backup to the backup. You know? Yeah. But, and it's not like the next game. Who would you want? I, I really want to TJ McConnell like this offseason. Like, that's my guy. Mm-hmm. Um, my son be busting his ass too, bro. At, yo, He's my man. On Indi- Indiana? Yep. Yeah. I think he on like a three year yeah. deal. And he just be I having could like see a, y'all get an Evan Turner, to be honest. Don't ask me how it would happen. But I could just see y'all get an Evan Turner and have him be your ball handler. Like the way the Nets books are, they're like they're not cooked, but you know, they're they're kind of stacked because of all the contracts we have. Mm-hmm. Um so you need low level guys so like a Shabazz Napier, only making like a mil, like one point five this year. Mm-hmm. Uh I wouldn't mind Isaiah Thomas, honestly. He's only on like yeah. a one point like eight mil deal. My man, Poor guy, bro. Minimum, man. Like Raul Neto. Yeah, I know. Like crazy, crazy. Well, like his fall from grace. Because he was really set up to get like 30 mil a year. Bro, and he yep. didn't take the the contract offered. He bet on himself, and unfortunately, yeah. health did not hold up. You know, I'd even take Moutier. You know, just as somebody, I don't expect you to give me a bench. lot. Yeah, but just if I need you to come in and give me like six solid minutes, you can do that for me. So, yeah, yeah. 
that's that's really all I have for what the Nets do, which is nothing, and then just gear up for the off season. Yeah, I would I would literally say make sure you guys make the playoffs to get those those guys some more experience, and then that's it. Don't do anything out, of, you know. Don't force anything. I mean, the only thing I could think of is just if you miss the playoffs, at least you have a uh, trading power with like mm-hmm. a a better pick. But honestly, I don't think this draft is deep. Like outside of Lamelo and Cole Anthony. I, what the next best player would probably be Obi Toppin or uh, uh, Garza from Iowa. Like, there's like really nobody that's like really eye popping this year from college basketball. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's a very and it, that that's reflective of how college basketball has just been as a whole, man. Like, you look at how the lead, how how many different um, ranked number ones there's been there this year. Like, how many times like the AP like like the top the top twenty five is like just been restructuring all around like fucking San Diego State is the fucking fourth fourth best team in the NCAA right now based on a on Associated Press. Like look at fucking yeah, there's 20, 20, 24 and all they ain't they ain't even lose the game yet. Like huh. you know I'm saying like Duke is ranked like is Duke was ranked number seven. Like uh, North Carolina isn't even making the tournament this year. So it's, it's been a really like weird college basketball year. So I think. We gonna uh, I don't know I really don't know what's gonna ha- we're gonna have when draft time comes around though it's gonna be interesting but that's why that's why the picks the picks are very in- is what's gonna be really interesting uh come trade deadline because if the draft isn't as deep as we think it is and it's only gonna be maybe like a three or four person draft like I mean these these picks are gonna mean something like a first round protected unprotected you know uh it's. Yeah, sure. trading second rounds are second rounders are who cares but those first round picks are very very valuable incredibly which is why the the one that we got for the for the mavericks is the one is and especially in this draft we might find something good later on so i don't i don't know how i would feel about trading that away which would probably be included in the D-Lo trade if we were to trade for d'angelo russell so i don't know i think that's something that that i would want to hang on to as a knicks fan the Mavs pick yeah i think i feel like this just ties into the the issue with the ncaa and the issue with one and done because to me later round picks are people who have been in college longer and those people don't get don't usually get the looks now it just seems like most most of the teams are going to take someone super young and raw later and then just hope to develop them and you're going to wait like three or four years, put them on a two-way and see what happens. And that's your thon maker. You know? I don't know, man. Well, what do you call it? The Celtics with their first rounder. I think the Celtics really need to move that first round pick. They can't keep holding on. Like, I know Danny Ainge is like this wizard for collecting all these draft picks. Yeah, for assets and then not doing anything like, with assets. I'm about to, I'm about to say this. Like, he did, he did, like, in this whole time where we were thinking that oh he won the trade against the nets he won the trade like he was in doing all of these good things is that he hasn't even been able to make it to a a conference championship with the rosters that he's created yeah you know i'm saying so it's like yeah he's made some good moves but now it's like the nets the nets already bounced back from the trade and they have kevin durant coming back next year so it's like with all the big men on the market do you think he finally uses his assets as trade deadline do you think he goes after drummond he has to, but I think the biggest yeah. pressure is trading away Gordon Hayward because he can't. He's not messing with Kemba Brown or Tatum, right? 
Yeah, and you know right. them like that's those are those are the core three. Like, those are literally like untouchables. Yep. Yeah. But of the four, you gotta you gotta admit that Gordon Hayward is the one that would he's the one I know, expected they, to be they, traded. Yeah, right. That's the yeah, right. Brad Stevens, I don't think we'll want to trade him though, if we being honest. I don't think so either. That's, but but you know, Danny Ainge, man, he finessing. Yeah. I guess uh yeah, I mean anything else NBA? Just a shout out to the Mavs for winning in without Luca and um Porzingis putting up another thirty five and ten template. Like to, like to uh, see my against the Pacers. People. So a good team. For sure, for sure. Do you guys think do the Heat have enough or do should they be active at the trade deadline? Do they have enough to compete? Uh, unless they get in a superstar, there's no reason like this is a very yeah. Unless they get a superstar, they don't I don't know, but or they trade Dragic for a younger guard, like who? I don't know, but he's like the only bro. I keep forgetting Udonis Haslam is in the league. I'm just <laughs> like this dude is literally just been chilling at the end edge of the bench. Like yeah, bro, I want chips away in LeBron. We're like all right, all right, we get it, bro. Just go to your kids, man. They miss you. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on, son. Yeah, that's a, because he was on that 06 team with Wade and Shaq. Bro, <laughs> he needs to go every home. time. Like someone mentions his name or someone, they're like, you know, like that's doing his boy. So like you're posting shit. I'm just like, bro, he is still on an NBA roster. He's literally like, he's the equivalent of when Mark Cuban looks at Dirk and was like, listen, as long as you want to stay, we'll keep you. And he was just like, all right, I don't need to play. I'll just stay though. <laughs> like, like, um, I think the only the only people that would move from the the Heat are Dion for a pick. Shout out to the Knicks. Go go get Dion. Um, now what are we doing with Dion Waiters, bro? <laughs> yo, it would just be a Knicks thing. It's J.R. Smith two point instead of Henny, no. it's it's edibles. <laughs> oh Lord, bro! I'd rather suck for another five years than to get Dion Waiters, bro. I'm but can't, all right, tell yeah. me, tell me, right? If you guys did trade, hypothetically speaking, could you not see in his first game at the Garden dropping like thirty five, and then he'll, and then he'll <laughs> shoot three, he'll shoot three of forty the next game. Yep, three of forty. You know what I'm saying I'm like, I, that was like T-Mac, bro. Like just, that, <laughs> like that was like the. It was a tweet. Uh, that I saw that was like James Harden watching Dame torch everyone and put up video game like numbers like it should be me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't. I think the Heat stand pat too. They, I just don't think they need to make any moves. They need to just build their core and keep the chemistry up. Um, just shout out to Dame for just being on a war path right now. Like, put some respect on my man's name, and I, I really hope they take they take that eight spot, man. Carrying, yeah, for That's real. Game deserves, game deserves everything, man. That and me and Miles talked about this last night. The uh, the Mavs being in the six, I'm okay. I'm okay with. I yeah. ideally want them to be five, at least five. The only teams that I would like, I can't really see the Mavs beating first round are the two LA teams. I think they have a realistic shot against everyone else in the West. Health for, health for many, for sure. Health for many, yeah. And then also, um, when I was looking at that trade rumor thing, they were talking about Denver trading for Drew. Which, if Denver got Drew, that would be huge. That's, to me, that's that's big. I don't know how a lot of other people feel about Drew, but 
Drew's been an underrated player in this league. Oh, and yeah, for a fact. For a player of that caliber to go to the Nuggets and shore that up, like I think that would be huge. I think that's that would finally deal with their their kind of guard situation. And there's only X amount of minutes to go around, and they got a bunch of guards playing well. And I think uh, Malik Beasley would end up getting sent over. And to me, that's a move that David Griffin would make, and it would still be a good move for the um the Pelicans because Malik Beasley fits that 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 timeline a lot better. That's a fact. But at the same time, I don't know if I will, if I will risk trading for a player that has a player option coming up within the next year. But you, they, I don't think they can afford to keep Malik Beasley, and the rest yeah. of their other guards are playing well. Well, yeah, fact. Monte Morris I mean, is good. Like you know, but if you, if, but if you the if you the Pelicans, why would you trade Drew Holiday though? Because he doesn't fit with the timeline and the Zion's back. So they were yeah, looking to trade him before. I, I, I mean, it was, but I still don't think you should. I think, you know, I think the team if you that can you got... get Malik Beasley, I think, bro, you're not playing for this year anyway. And to me, the Nuggets are in a win now. Mm, are you think so? Even with the you're with the surrounding talent they got, like their core, like their core really being Jokic Harris and, and Jamal Murray, I don't think they're and you necessarily... still consider Harris in there right now. I mean, yeah, I think that Gary Harris definitely has like under underperformed and underwhelmed, but I don't I wouldn't say they're in win now. Like it's not like if they don't win within the next two years, you know what I'm saying? I think the West is outside of the Clippers, the West isn't really getting like a lot, a whole lot better. Like outside of what you have in Houston, but you know what you're gonna get with Houston every every season. The Jazz, I don't I still think that if you in a seven game series the the Nuggets would would beat the Jazz, you know what I'm saying? The Mavericks mm-hmm. are gonna get better, and then the Pelicans are gonna get better. Those are the only two teams that I feel like in years to come will be like a a serious threat. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. You mean you don't think the Suns are gonna get better? No, I definitely don't think the Suns are gonna get better. <laughs> or the Kings? <laughs> the Kings. Shout out to Vladdy Divac. It's his birthday today. So uh, you mean it was his birthday on Monday? Yes. Today's in when we record. <laughs> right. All right. Um, I feel like that's enough NBA. I feel like we've been talking about it for a minute. Yeah. So with that, uh, let's 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 talk about the big game that uh that that was uh this this past Sunday. Somebody will call somebody will call it a superb game. Boom. Someone's been, li- someone's been listening to ninety eight point seven and listening to so what FanDuel the, the FanDuel commercials. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, you know. See, Justin, Ju- Justin, cut on. And I don't understand. You know, I was really wondering. I'm like, why can't they just say the Super Bowl? They're like, oh, well, you know, we can't legally say it. But let's just say it's a big game. Uh, <laughs> Some would may even refer to it as a superb game. Like what? They call it the Super they Bowl. They can't legally associate themselves with the Super Bowl because the league can't say that they support gambling. Probably. That's my only thought. Mm-hmm. Like, I, that's the only thing I can really think of as to why they would. Because I, I, I was like miles too. I was, I'd be listening. I'm like. You know, why do like Gordon Damer and keep uh saying superb bowl? Like why like why is uh you know why is Rothenberg keep saying superb bowl? Like Super Bowl, damn it. Say it right. Hmm. Nah, uh it was a win for America. Great start to Black History Month. Um Yeah, man. My son Mahomes won me some chicken. Say now, nah, let me stop. But uh I won I won. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. And you know it's crazy. And we were talking about all the ridiculous props that you could bet on. 
And I think the craziest one has been that you could bet on the time of the of the of the uh, national anthem. Really? Which definitely which which definitely went over, by the way. Definitely. I think the the over under was like a minute and fifty something seconds. I think she was singing for like over two minutes. Yeah, I, mean, I thought it was quite a gospel singer. Hey, no, yeah. they got, uh, no, that was Yolanda. That was, that was she. She sung um, "America the Beautiful." She sung "America Beautiful." Yeah, it was Demi Lovato that sung the the national anthem, which was which I must say was very beautiful, even though she looked very very orange, super orange. But I was De- thinking, Demi I was like, sing, you know, she looked different from uh, you know, S, but you know, Demi yeah. could sing, bro. She got pipes. She, she, she sing like a big girl still. Yes, she does sing like a big girl still. She can sing, bro. Her and Jesse J. They can sing with an A. They can sing. I, I think from a Super Bowl perspective, though, this was I, I think the game was I think the game was good. I liked I, everything about the game was 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 really good. I liked I liked the the um what you call it? The why am I blanking? The national anthem. I liked America the Beautiful. I thought the halftime show was great. Like I wasn't even looking forward to the halftime show. And I was like, wow, like this is actually very entertaining choreography was on the bean i love to see it mm-hmm. and then the game itself it was you know it at, at times it had his moments where i'm just like damn like what's really about to happen but then like you know it got i, I like the game overall too it, if we're talking about the super bowl as an experience you know what i'm saying yeah i agree i um i thought everything was good i think this was one of the more entertaining halftime shows they've had in a while like just like you i really didn't wasn't super pressed about it but it was it was a fun one and it makes sense because it's like they did a good job for for it being in miami you know what i mean for which sure. is all that's dope and uh i was by Ari's house and um her and her dad were talking about it and they were like honestly if you want to really have your halftime show be something that emphasizes the city it's in that's the way you should do it and this is like a good way to start like yes they should have had atlanta people last year but um yeah, bro, for for them to to do that in Miami was fire. And I do think that the game was a good game, and I feel like it kind of gave those elements for everyone to enjoy. Like, yep. the defense stood strong, you know what I mean? Like, especially in the beginning. So if you're someone who really enjoys defensive matchups, you got that piece, and you still got some explosive offensive plays on both sides of the ball, which is fire. You got a good running game, and then you got Pat Mahomes doing Pat Mahomes things, even though he was having one of his worst games, you know? But he like, figured it out. Yeah, exactly. Um, he did figure it out, and it was it was an entertaining game. Like I I had those moments, especially in the fourth quarter. You had those tense moments. We felt it. You you really didn't know what happened. You needed the big plays. The big plays came. Yeah, man. I mean, both teams played good games, and then it just came down to it was like great defense, but better offense. Are we gonna talk about the fraudulence on uh the Niners? Fraudulence uh being uh Jimmy G and uh Kyle Shanahan. Um, talk about I still this? think Kyle Shanahan's good. I think I think he's talking about who's more of a fraud. I, yeah, I, yeah. I'll to be fair, in the first Shanahan. one, he was the offensive coordinator. He had yes. nothing to do with the defense shit in the bed. No, no, but he's the one that should have called the run play. Yeah, but <laughs> that's true. And then in this in this one, he you know, it, it was just oh dog like. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan. Two of the you're you're up ten points going into the going going. Bro, into I feel the like this quarter, one. Though. He literally was like, this one. He went. He was like, nah. I got to make sure we score the entire game. I can't let what happened last time happen. 
So we got to air it out. We got to keep going. Nah, and then that's where he fucked up. All he had to do is just continue continue rocking with the ground game, and he would have been fine. There's no reason why Moster only had 12 touches in the game. Like, to me, th- to well, me that's Coleman just... Coleman was cooking. He was cooking. He was... I mean, but... Nah, but I, I agree. Not, I agree. He should have had more touches. Even e- even so, like, there was there was the, the first down... That where where he got uh like like five six yards in the third in the uh, is either in the end of the third quarter beginning of the first quarter and then after that threw threw one and Jimmy Garoppolo missed somebody crazy and then another one where where it was a um I think he gave the ball to Kittle and Kittle didn't do anything and then after that it was Mahomes time you know what I'm saying and then that like and I was telling everybody that I was watching it with I was like yeah the Chiefs just need one big play and that's gonna set it off and then. What happens? Big big drop on on third down by um by Tyreek Hill that looked like a trap catch, but it, it turned out at tax to be a trap catch. Then what happens in the next play? Forty four yard completion to Tyreek Hill, and that and after that I was like, nah, they they're coming back, got to, yeah. and then Pat got the job done despite the two interceptions that he had, and he did his thing, you know you know what I'm saying? Yeah, did it for the did it for the light skins. You know what I'm saying? He the mm-hmm. NFL Steph Curry for real. He really is. I really am happy Andy Reid got his got his chip too, man. Like, I, that makes me happy. He definitely deserves it. And if you're an Eagles fan, you should definitely feel happy for that man too. Nah, bro, it's he he deserves it. It's fire. And I wanted to to read this one tweet. So it was a quoted tweet from Josh Everly of uh, Martin Weiss, who I don't know who that is, but anyway, he's um a radio guy. Sports radio guy. So it was on that overthrow of uh, Emmanuel Sanders at the end. He's like, perfect play call. Jimmy G with the game on the line. Good until you need him to be great. I, I, I saw Everly, that too. Yeah. Everly quoted it, so it perfect. and so was like, perfect. not wrong, but good until you need him to be great is the coldest thing you could ever say about a QB. And it's a fact. And that's exactly what it was. And I feel like that's with game managing quarterbacks. And that's where there's a lot of quarterbacks again in this league. It's it's yo when crunch time hits, it's good until you need him to be great. First one that comes uh, to I. mind, Dak Prescott, Dak, Kirk Cousins, uh, Jared Goff. I mean, but Goff is bit foof. I can't. I mean, uh, oof. he's rough. He's rough the first three quarters. So I don't even know, man. Can you imagine if he didn't have Todd Gurley or any of those receivers? Kerfuffle, but, dude. Good on good until you need him to be great. And that's sad, bro. Again, you got to think. Jimmy G's been in the league for mad long, and still doesn't have that many games under his belt. So, I, I don't know. Was, but Brady, though, he was under Brady. Yeah, I think Brady would have taught him how to put some touch on that ball. You can't teach greatness a lot of times, though. That's Man. work. That that's work you got to put in on your own. That's that's when um I think it was it might have been either Kobe, R.P. Jamal Murray. I know Jamal Murray touched on it and stuff where he was like, why wow, he's such a good free throw shooter. But I think Kobe's talking about it too, where it's just like when you put in the work, then when it comes to crunch times, you just trust in the work that you put in. You just go, hey, I've, I've done everything I needed to. So I'm just going to go out here and just do it again like it's any other thing. You know what I mean? Obviously, there's times where it's like you got you to gotta make something out of nothing. But there's still times where that's a, you know, his, his receiver was open. That's just a, you just got to put the ball in the right spot. And he had a little bit cushion. He could have even overthrew him a little bit. And Sanders, if probably could have kept sprinting and caught up to it. But 
you know, Sanders backed off of it because he knew he couldn't make it because he was overthrown by that much. So that's it, man. Good until you need him to be great. Crazy. Sad, sad to say because for the most part, Garoppolo had been really good throughout the game minus that Yeah, one. he was having a solid terrible, game. That terrible interception. But outside of that, he was having a real good good, um, good, good game, game managing game. He, that's what I was saying throughout the game. He was he was game managing. He was game managing. Don't let the fact that he only had two incompletions at one point distra- distract out from the fact that it was it was the it was mainly the defense that was keeping Kansas City in check. Because mm-hmm. and shout out to Kansas City, bro, because they were down by ten in every single game that they played this postseason and came back and won every single game except for the one they were down twenty eight. Yep. Oh man. Chiefs, Chief boys are different, man. Shout out to their defense for coming through when they needed them. But to say, you talk about game managing this guy. Only only a 40 QBR and only a 69 QB rated, uh, rating compared to Mahomes, who had a 61 QBR and a 78 rating. Yeah. That's the, uh, uh, that's the, that's the price you pay. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's when you rely on... Uh, how is it that the strength of your team you, do, you, you go away from when you need it the most? Like I don't, I don't really understand that. I'm not. That's what, and, that, and, that, and that's all I'm saying, fam. Like how, like, like, why is is most of not getting the ball? Why are y'all throwing the ball when that's not what y'all do as a team? And and honestly, I, I gotta say this because you know Spag, Spagnolo, he was the the Giants defensive coordinator for the first Super Bowl that we have. My man's is a defensive coordinator. Like, yep. He 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 figured it out. You know, the defense wasn't great, but it was good enough and did enough. You know, to to win. You know, and shout out my son Chris Jones, who is probably the only other person I would have given given the MVP to, not named Patrick Mahomes. Oh, for all them battered passes and shit. Yep, mm. that's what I'm saying. He, it seemed like he was. Hey, Dam- Damian Williams had a really good game. He did, but you know what I'm saying like, I, I, I still don't see. I, I still don't think that giving it to like I don't like he had a good game but I don't think Damian was the reason why they won the game. He came up in big spots but so did Mahomes yeah. though. I just it's just crazy how it's like he won it. It was honestly one of his worst games and pulled it out and finished with Super Bowl MVP, man. Homie. That's honestly but I mean couldn't you make a you can make a case for Damian Williams. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, you just said that shit. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, this, this, this fucking guy. This is why we can. Yo, this is why we can edit in post No, really? That's what me and John was just fucking talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was looking at the uh, t- that damn Twitter man. I had to stay off of it. Uh, but dang, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just really thinking, like, you know, going, going back to what you were saying earlier, Miles, like. Tevin really only had five touches all game and had a 5.6 average, right? Debo had three for 53 on those. Yo, like, the Niners won. Debo needed that MVP. Debo definitely needed to fuck with it as a rookie type shit. It's a bad Debo man. Was, That's Debo. a bad man, bro. That Debo. big ass running back playing wide receiver. I for 39. Bro, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just want to Instagram, and the first thing I see is Jimmy Butler after scoring 38 points in three quarters. I felt like Luca out there. It's a fact. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, NBA players referencing other NBA players that are in the league right now. Oh, that'll, that'll never. Bro, not Jimmy's be funny. elite. 
And he did it against the Sixers. Fucking love this guy. He played the Sixers tonight? Yeah. Oh, yes. was that the uh that wasn't on national TV? It was, it was. Well uh what channel was it? That was that was at ESPN? Um, I think it was on NBA TV because my parents were watching it when I came home. It was yeah, it was on NBA TV. That is that's way too good of a game to be an NBA TV game. Come on, that's, that's an ESPN or a TNT game. Or ABC. Yo, Jimmy's really gonna dog these but guys in the playoffs. But it's Monday night. That's what I'm well, I guess. But don't make these games on Monday night. I guess they couldn't have known that the Heat. I mean, they didn't expect the Heat to be this game. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They flexed the Nets uh Warriors on, on Wednesday. It was an ESPN <laughs> game. They flexed it. Yeah. They flexed it to ESPN or, out of, or out of ESPN. I think they just flexed it out of ESPN. <laughs> so it is what it is. Good. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come on, man. I mean, personally, yeah, I don't cool. really care. Personally, I never even, I never yeah, really we got, we, we, we got Yes Network anyway. You know exactly. Saying, so. Yes Network, the best broadcast in the uh, the whole NBA. So, I mean, I would, I would argue that as MSG, but you know what? It's fine. Nah, the Nets. It's an argument you're going to lose, but. Yeah, the Nets announcers I, are tough, bro. Especially what? once they got Mike RJ Green, full time. What? Come on. Uh, all right. Bro. So, even if you have bro. Mike Green, right? Because Iron Eagle is still top three. If you were to. I, I like Iron Eagle. Iron Eagle is really good. You got that. But and the Nets take it home with the color commentary. Roger Jefferson is better than, nah, than 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 Clyde. I, I, I was not. Nah, he's dead. He's not better than Clyde. But honestly, I like Richard. Bro, Jefferson nah, you're giving as, you're, as you're giving Clyde you're giving Clyde the pedigree and the fact that he rides. Yeah. That, I'm tired of right hearing. Now. I'm tired of hearing hooping and swooping to the basket. Bro, Richard Jefferson. <laughs> yeah. wow, nah, you Yo. know what it is. Richard Jefferson is funny. He tells good stories. That's why exactly. I really, really, oh, really his wild. Like stories. Him. Yo, his LeBron stories are like any story about the Cavaliers from that championship year. Jokes, and he be going at Channing Fry's neck all the Bro, time. I'm telling you, you know what the crazy thing is though. If I, if I wanted to hear. Um, Richard Jefferson tells stories about him, him and LeBron during the 2016 season. I would listen to his podcast, not watch a Nets game. Which you, you should. Oh. Well, in the good. words, his of podcast a, is great. By the way, just yeah, I, will I know it, it is. out there for Porquete and Oslo Dos. We, I can't. We do both. You know. Yeah, no, nah, he's just because even outside of LeBron, like he bro, he's just mad entertaining. Like he's quick witted. Like he's funny. He be making mad jokes when people flop. He's like, "Oh, stop it!" See, to put things into perspective with Richard Jefferson, and I got this from his podcast. His son, his son's name is also Richard, so they always just call him Little Rich. And he literally told his wife, and he was saying this. He he was trying to make his son's middle name Danger, just so his name could be Dick Danger. Danger, <laughs> and that's and that's RJ. In why not? Why not? Why not long? Like Dick Long, oh yeah. Nah, but honestly, I will say I will say that that Knicks broadcast haven't been the same since Melo left, and I mean not since he left, since he got traded to the Thunder. But um, yeah, because they haven't had much to talk about. They had Porzingis, and then we saw what you know how that turned out. But even even when Porzingis was there, it wasn't like it wasn't like the broadcast was was any any like much better because we were still losing games, like. I will, I I specifically remember some 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 games like when we played the Bulls that one year, and Melo pulled up on some uh, hit hit the fucking game tying shit, and then he hit the game winner overtime. Like that was the last Mike Mike Breen Knicks broadcast that I was like, all right, this is crazy. When Melo dropped sixty something in the Garden, 
set the set the record. That was a good Mike Mike Breen, uh, what you call it, uh, broadcast. And even like on Christmas that one year where where um they played at at Stable Center, him and Kobe got rested. So was going at it. That was a good Mike Breen. Breen, um, you know what I'm saying I fuck with but Mike. Like, I, I, I love I, Mike I, Breen. I, I, I yeah, I, I'm saying, but like. It, it, it since since the Knicks have just been losing, it's just it's just not really fun. It's not the same as like you know he could be like bang, but it's like uh, all right, bang. Like you know what I'm saying we're bang, uh, we're, we're, we're ten and forty eight, we're ten and thirty four. Yeah, exactly. You know it's different when we actually good, but yeah. it's okay though. This guy, this guy, this guy, John Morant really just favored a tweet that said "fuck Iguodala." <laughs> you know <laughs> that's my rookie of it, rookie of the year status instantly, instantly right, bro. There. That you see how Steph apparently responded. Put up a picture of Iggy with the championship stuff yeah. on IG. <laughs> Yo, this, Bro, this I, love Petty. I love Bro, Petty getting, NBA. getting traded in the next three days. He's gonna get traded by the time this podcast comes out. So why did why was why did he get I always I forgot. Why did he how is he on Memphis again? He, he got was, he got outed, bro. Some internal right. shit. He'd be saying some mild shit like Mark Jackson, apparently. And they had, they was like, nah, we can't do this no more. Yeah, I didn't know that, but apparently he'd be saying some wash. I think he said he doesn't want his daughter to play basketball because she thinks that it's going to turn her gay. Huh? Oh, my God. You can't say that. Why Wait, would he what? say some what? shit like that? What do you mean turn her gay? Wait, what? Wow. That possibly is... turn you gay when we got straight wow. women in the, in the WNBA. Wow. It's wild. Yeah. Um. Speak, yeah, so man. is that worse than what, what he worse? Try, he has to try and um clarify. Um, yeah, he's trying to cl- clarify what he meant to say. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what, it was one of those <laughs> going through like a whole crazy thing or whatever. Oh man! But yeah, <laughs> during a quarter like period on Monday, Warden spoke about the Golden State Warriors' presence in their daughter's life, and this. So this is his baby mom's. She testified that Iguodala doesn't want London to get involved with her school's basketball team because she doesn't want he doesn't want his little girl to be turned gay. So Niggas apparently he'd be on some shit. And that ethically that is that is a major issue. <laughs> yeah. So apparently he'd be on some shit. And um it might have just been some internal things that got uh got him outed from uh the Warriors because my man is dead ass getting paid to do nothing. He's getting paid 17 mil this year. So he was traded to them. Traded to them. Yeah. So so he's get, but he's getting paid though, bro. Right yeah. He signed the contract with the Warriors. And he got traded to the Grizzlies. That's crazy. So he's getting paid, but he's on his Eddie Curry shit. But he's not sitting on the bench. That man's Eddie Curry. Like, of course, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, you just gave me nightmares, dog. <laughs> Eddie Curry. Eddie Curry. Because whenever, because whenever the Knicks win the championship. If we ever do win a championship in my lifetime, I could be like, man, who you? I I was a fan of the team when Chris Duhon was our starting starting point guard. Tell Y'all remember the insanity? Like I'm saying, I'll be I'll, I'll pull all all of the the random like bad moments from the franchise out of you gotta, my. Got to pull all the random ass wash players that played for the Knicks. That's a fact. I'll be like, yo, remember Frank Lilakina? <laughs> in tank. Yeah, right. <laughs> Like yeah, what y'all know about Clank, the man? Knicks had like, y'all never Knicks. Anybody? We did. We did. Is anybody on the Knicks that that shoots really well? Right um, now, 
Steve Novak. They had Steve oh, Novak. Like, no, like, oh, yeah. no, like right now on this he's team. He's talking right about currently? Now. Yeah, currently. Right. Let's see. Um, Who's the best shooter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, Dotson, I'll right? Put Mar- Marcus Morris. <laughs> yeah, Marcus Morris right now. So you, Marcus so Morris would be the best shooter on the team, I feel like. If you combine that. so Apparently, they don't want to trade him either. Which... I was reading the thing, and they were literally like, they were like, does Marcus Morris end up staying with the Knicks? They go, he's literally primed to go to a contender, but the Knicks don't want to trade him. Did y'all hear? We about to give him max contract after this season. Sounds good. Already, I'm telling you that the, the the dynamic duo of Ratchet and Clank is gonna be there. Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> Ratchet and Clank. Clank and oh nope. my god, that's so Justin, good. Justin, you did it again. We have a show. We we have we have a show title. Yo, <laughs> this guy. Ratchet you gotta get the visual of the video game too. <laughs> but, this, right now, nah, oh, real. I'm gonna make it. I'm going to make it. Oh, that is just too priceless. Because that was off the top too. I didn't even. I didn't even think of that until yeah. just now. Oh man, wow. that's, that's, so that's, that's crazy. But I'm in the wow. same boat as Miles though. I'm in, I'm in the same boat as Miles when it comes to like if the Nets win, I'm gonna be like, yo, I was bangs with these guys when Stephon Marbury was our point guard. All right, let's not let's, let's not play these games. I remember I was at a brewery over the summer. And I was wearing uh, my Nets T-shirt, and the I guess the bartender at the brewery it was just like, "Oh, like you know, oh, congr- you know, I guess congrats." This was like after the the trade out, the free agency. He's like, "Oh, congrats on like KD and like Kyrie, blah blah." He's like, "Oh, so were you? Did you become a fan recently, or have you been from like nigga? If only you knew what I've been <laughs> through." <laughs> Man, yeah, Justin, you definitely, you definitely get credit for me, man, because all I know is that you, at you, man, like here's the thing, bro. At least with 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 Nets fans, it's like, yo, y'all went through y'all struggles for for a little bit, and even when y'all after after that that ridiculous trade that y'all made, y'all are at least good for a little bit. They are really bad, and now it's like y'all are like, eh, and then y'all got KD coming back next year. Knicks, man, it's just literally been down, down, down. Oh, we got mellow for a little bit, and then it's just down again. Knicks fans can't see the horizon. Yeah, now we can't. It's very uh, unfortunate. Hey, don't worry. Don't worry. At least you guys are up there in attendance. That's what Knicks fans tell me, (laughs) that I should get off my high horse and that I can't slander the Knicks because they're up. They have more attendance than the Nets and nobody else in Nets games. And personally, I'm I could care less if the arena Barclays was was empty because you know what that means? Shorter lines in the concession stand and shorter lines in the bathroom. <laughs> oh man, all I know is that they basketball ba- basketball season is just so unfun for me because the Knicks have sucked. But everybody else, you know, like watching y'all teams gives makes me happy for you guys. But you know, the Yankees they have the best World Series odds for 2020, so I'm okay. And I catch really okay. soon, baby. I've been yes, yeah. And uh, shout out to to Luke Voigt being in the best shape of his life. My son is coming for y'all next season. Oh, why? Yes, yeah. Because he's he's a Nets fan now. It's a lot of Yankees, a lot of Yankees be at Nets games. CC, Glaber was at the game tonight against the Suns. They get free tickets. It don't matter. I don't see. I don't be seeing them. Of course, at Knicks games. I will be watching Knicks games. Yeah, it's usually the same four celebrities courtside at Nick games. Yeah, and one of them being Spike Lee. That's who we got supporting us. Oh, wow. I did, I did, Spike Lee. Remember Spike Lee? <laughs> Spike Lee. Spike Lee. He's a Reggie Miller cooked, y'all. 
The reason they say if only uh, Spike the didn't Kobe trash talk. 61. If, <laughs> Spike, the reason why the Knicks be getting fried sometimes, because all he had to do was not say anything to, to, to Reggie. <laughs> or, Kobe. Reggie or, or, Kobe. Or, or, or Kobe. Or Kobe. Or <laughs> Kobe. Bro, bro, like, it was that watching that. I don't even want to talk about it, man. I'm gonna get. Up. <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get all emotional again. But this is crazy. Was he bait, another, Was he courtside uh, for for uh Hell Week when it was uh the Lakers, week. Cavs, and the Heat, and then the Nuggets like the following week? Please tell me he was Probably. courtside for all I, those. I feel like, I, I feel like uh, Scott. I, I feel, he's always courtside, um, dog. <laughs> he he doesn't he doesn't miss Knicks game, bro. Yeah, unless he's actually like working, like he's there. But especially if a, if a good team's coming, he's always going to be there regardless. He's a basketball nah, That's facts. I remember but, um, that's Lonzo's rookie year was fun. I re- Do you remember that game? Lonzo's rookie year, the first game at the Garden, and him and uh, LeVar Ball were like sitting like a few seats away from each other. I was at that game. Yo, dog, how fun was that atmosphere? It had to been. It had to been mad I think. Fun. I think that was the first, um, that game went to overtime. I think that was the first Nick game I took Ari to. And she was literally like, it was coming down to the wire and it went to OT and like the garden was being the garden. It was like electric. And she literally was like, she was like, Oh my God, I'm so stressed. I feel it on my chest. And I was like, see, now you like coming <laughs> to basketball games. <laughs> uh, no, nah, that shit was dope, man. Caught the lob and LeVar just stood up. Yo, it was jokes. Yeah. LeVar, I think he was wearing a bright ass red jumpsuit. If I remember correctly. <laughs> Sweatsuit. You see him all the way up there, up upstairs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like you know, you, you can always point out Spike from anywhere. Like you, you saw Lavar, dog. <laughs> oh man, love to see it. See, I had um, I've been, I've been a bit more fortunate as a Mavs fan with the success of my teams. But yeah. after we won, it was a, it was some dark times, bro. We we put together decent records and hit either five hundred or close by the grace of Rick Carlisle. But, bro. We had a year where we had like twelve different starting point guards, like like Mike James, James, Mike James, bro. Yep. We got Darren Williams after the Nets ruined his career, and we're still paying him. That's crazy that he's still on y'all payroll. Literally, this is the last year, and they were giving him like five mil. Yeah, that's wild. crazy, ridiculous, actually. Shout out to Yogi Ferrell. Oh, crazy. There was a time where I really was upset the Nets picked uh, Spencer Dinwiddie over Yogi Ferrell. Bro, there was a time where the Mavs starting center was Samuel Dallenberry. Oh, those are good times. I remember Samuel Dallenberry, Chris <laughs> Kamen. Yeah, Bro, buddy. My, Chris Kamen was all right. My man was nice on the Clippers. Chris Kamen was nice was, on the Clippers when the Clippers were ass. Yeah, that's a fact. He was an all-star, bro. Remember that? Y'all probably don't remember my son, Chris Kamen. Yeah. Nah, he, he was a bucket, bro. Nah, he definitely came in was with came in with the Elton Brand uh, Clippers, right? Uh, twenty ten, I believe so. We're still in the league back then. Yeah, I got some Elton Brands. My Just man's was from him. Wyoming. Oh, he no, was I'm ugly, ugly. Michigan. Chris he's Kamen? from Michigan. Yeah, no, Chris Kamen was he's from Michigan. No, he's from Michigan because um, yeah, yeah he's from Michigan. Like, he, I think he, he, he was like Chris Webber, like his whole life. Yeah, nah, yeah, he's yeah, he's and he was like he always had he's always had like a ball spot. He said he's always had a ball spot. Imagine that. Bro, didn't you see when Chris came and had long hair? He still had that ball spot. He was like, I don't know, man. He's like, you know how babies have soft spots on his heads? It's like his shit never just grew in. Yeah. Wild. Shout out to Chris Kamen, bro. Yeah, real life, man. All right. 
it's time for the ABCs. I was say, I think it's 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 great how like we the the episode after the Super Bowl we spent most of um most of the time talking about basketball. Yeah, it was fun, man. I love basketball, man. This time right. it's exciting. Speaking of exciting, we finally got some exciting episodes in Anime Book Club this week. Oh yeah! Not, oh yeah! No, for, for oh, sure we did, bro. Like this was. I, I mean, I, I feel like of the three, the first one was really like on some shit, and we really got to like dig deep. Yeah, guys, it's time for for Anime Book Club. We are watching the original 1997 Berserk, and um, for this week we watched episodes 10 through 12. So spoilers ahead, and um, let's let's just get into the shit because I'm I watched them today, and I'm just like I can't wait to to discuss. Yep, uh, we'll do a, we'll do a kind of like a quick rundown of all three, and then we'll just go into details as we, as they discuss and whatnot. So basically, uh, the the first episode is uh we get the continuation of before where we actually get guts going for the assassination of Julius, um, which of course does not go smoothly. So <laughs> he ends up killing Julius, and he's just in attack mode and. The little dude, uh, his name was Adonis, right? Yeah, Adonis. Yeah, he uh, he he pops in, and I think he was a he was a prince, right? No, he was Julius's son. But he, oh, yeah. So since since Julius is supposed to be next the in princess. line, which is incest, right? No, yes, because Julius is um the is her the brother. Is her yeah, yeah. Like Gus just murks. He's like, "Oh my god, he saw!" And just, I, I wasn't expecting it to happen, and just stabs him up against the wall. That, that was like one of those like, "Oh shit" moments. And then when he realizes, he's like, "Oh my god!" And he like holds his hand as he dies, and he's like, "Shit, I gotta get out of here!" And literally just kills everyone in his way, and um gets away because literally killed all of the survivors and manages to escape after taking an arrow and whatnot. He's just a broken man for the rest of this episode. When he he tries to find Griffin, he's like, "We got to talk. We got to talk." He sees him talking to the princess. I can't remember her name right now. What's her name? Uh, Let's see, Charlotte. 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 There you go. Yeah, he's talking to her, and she's like, "Oh, but you have your friends. You're so charismatic, all that stuff." And Julius says the last thing Homie would have wanted to hear, and he basically just goes, "We not friends, bro. They just served me." Real friend, he's like person. I look with a friend to someone I consider an equal. It's none to them though. And my son, my son Gus out here got hit hard. Then the second episode, so episode eleven, um, it's called the battle, and it's because it ends up being one of the battles that should tie the um that that can end the war. So it's kind of like an all-out battle supposed to be. Things get a little crazy. I'm pretty sure we all thought the same thing, but literally, even before we saw more, when um the battle started, we see Casca over here like Jesus, not now. Why does it haven't happened now? And she's off her game. So I'm like, sis got her period, yo. And uh, she almost gets killed by that that bum ass dude from uh the whale things. Almost gets killed by her because she's off her game, and Gus saves her, but as she like starts to faint to fall off like a cliff. Gus grabs her and then gets shot in the side and they both fall. So they drop off this cliff into a river and shit. And then um, Griffith is left with a dilemma where it's like, yo, do we like, 
I want to go search for them, and his company wants to go search for them, but at the same time, they got to finish this battle, and they can't, you know, give the other the army time to ease up and shit. And if I remember, that should be pretty much most, you know, general summary of episode 11. Episode 12, we find some backstory. We get some backstory on Casca. So we find out how she met Griffith, how she joined the army. And then we also find out what Griffith was like before Guts got there and why Casca hates Guts so much. So, um, you know, yeah, let's, let's just, let's just yeah. do the discussion. Now we'll do the discussion episode by episode. So, episode 10. Thoughts. Mm, mm. Yo, honestly, I'm crazy I'm watching this episode and like I'm I'm just going going by piece by piece and I'm like yo shooketh. I I was like yo guts is a beast because he really like ruthlessly killed homie and then killed Adonis like he didn't even think twice about it like he just drove a sword through my man's heart and he was like damn gotta do what I gotta do then he then he realized and he was like oh god yeah what have I done. I mean, I was happy that he got away because I didn't want him to get bagged. As, yeah, as I didn't as that may seem, may seem. I thought, um, I thought when he fell into the sewer with the thing and with the, like the the arrow in his arm, I thought I was like, okay, maybe this is how he loses his arm. It gets infected. It's like some bullshit, right? But the one thing, the main thing I felt about that this episode was he actually showed some remorse for killing Adonis because he saw himself. Yep. And Adonis. Exactly. You saw that that scene before when he was getting fucked up by old dude, and then you got the flashback of him later on mm-hmm. fighting the old the 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 old dude that he used to look up Gambino. to. Gambino and, and Gambino, right? And it's like, damn, he ain't even get get a chance to like you know, even you know, come into contact. I mean, like Adonis didn't even get a chance to grow up, mm-hmm. and it's so ironic because. The best part of this episode, despite all the action that's going on, is a conf- is a conversation that that Griffith is having with Charlotte because we really get a more in depth look of kind of what Griffith is actually like, and because he, he's being he's choosing to be vulnerable and be honest, and you know, like we mm-hmm. get to hear what he's really thinking, and even though he doesn't know that Casca and um guts and uh gu- and guts are like listen listening, it's like some things that he said were like really crazy, like. We like we're even talking about like how how crazy he was like he would gut, guts was killing all of the people, and one of the things that Griffith said is that like yo why do men commit to the affair of bloodshed, and it's so crazy that he said that because ironically he was the one that went and told him to go kill Julius, mm-hmm. you know it, it's it was even crazier like when he was talking about dreams. And when he said that a dream can forge a man's life or bring suffering upon it, and it's like we seeing for the first time kind of what, and in and, and the later episodes, we kind of understand like what Julius's dream dream is. It, it's just very like very, that that whole conversation was just so interesting to me. Oh, for sure. He he Loki starts dropping some bars. He did. Yeah. No, he, he he definitely did. You know what? It's funny. The uh. This episode reminds me. You ever do like a stealth mission in a in a video game and you mess up, so then you gotta actually like take off your silencer and actually like go loud do the mission. That's exactly what it reminded me of. Um, yeah, but... it's, it's Assassin's Creed when you try to do a stealth <laughs> yep. mission, but your your level's a little bit lower, so you can't kill him in one blow. And they call the guards. You're like, fuck! Now I gotta fight my way out. Oh, that is that is perfect. Um, 
But no, the bars that Griff was spitting is crazy. I think the vulnerability of him with a woman that he likes is a very interesting concept. Like he's actually divulging basically like his soul to her. Basically, you know, Mac and be like telling her what she wants to hear. Like, oh my gosh, he's so deep. She even says, I've never had this type of conversation with a guy like you with before. Man. Yeah. Yep. Like but and... she goes, um, she's like, she's seen him as a guard, she saw him as a child, and now she's talking to him as a philosopher. Like, my son's giving her giving her flavors. Oh boy, Griffith got the game game. But then he didn't know that that uh Caskin and old and Guts was was listening. I think you know what I think it struck a nerve with, with Guts, more so not the friends part, but the why men kill. And I don't yes, think that exactly. I don't think that Guts has a purpose. I think he's still trying to find his purpose in life. And I think that's why he took up with Griffith and the and the band of Hawks. I think he's still mm -hmm. searching for like a, a reason honestly to live. Yeah. And Griffith has, Griffith has been his purpose since he since he got forced into joining. Yep. Cause he literally in the beginning, he goes, he goes, I don't know. Like he puts himself in these dangerous situations and he's like, I don't know why I just instinctively like why do I have this survival instinct? Like what is it? Like I'm, he's. It's like he would just try and put it the test at all time, and now it's like he got someone to acknowledge and believe in him, which is Griffith, and that gave him that reason. He's like, yo, like he even said it when he had the flashback to Gambino, where he's like, I just wanted him to appreciate me, and now he has someone that he respects appreciating him, and it's kind of given him a reason. So now that he said that, it's like, yo, like I don't know what I'm doing, and even the fact that like this is someone who he looked up to. And then Griffith's saying, I think it's both of it, but definitely more the killing now that you like bring it up. But definitely he's like, yo, this is someone who, you know, like he's saying that we're not friends and things like that. But at the same time, I feel like Griffith does think Guts as a higher up than everyone else. And uh, the last thing for this episode, I don't know, definitely add in more um, if you guys have more for this episode. But I don't know if you guys notice in all the other scenes, Griffith's eyes are different. Not like when he yeah. goes Hawkeye, like in the other stuff. But like he has like it seems like they added more shadow under his eyes. Like he looks more like stressed and like kind of tired. Yeah, I noticed that a little bit. I think I thought it was just me. Yeah, until you just pointed out, I didn't realize it. But yeah, facts. Like you actually that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like they just added more shadow to it as he's starting to think of like where he's like, yo, I just plotted an assassination. <laughs> like uh, that was wild. The look he gave once the when the when the messenger came and said, oh. The, the your uncle and and your nephew are dead. Yo, did you the look he was giving behind her that evil look? Bro, he yo, gave that, that, was he gave that sending me. little smile. Word. And at the very end of the episode, he knows that the minister because the minister was trying to get at him and be like, "Yo, you you plotted to kill him," and he ain't budge. Yo, he knows that the minister tried to kill him because the minister was giving off mad information that was uh he didn't have to give off. I was kind of incriminating him. He's like, oh. Yeah. I heard that it was an assassination on you, not the princess. That's what people's streets is saying, Griffith. Streets mm -hmm. is saying that the is trying to get you out the paint. <laughs> Man, homie, homie, <laughs> homie looked up and Griffith was looking back, and then he just turned around. I'm like, oh yeah, it's clip. <laughs> but it's like I, I can only imagine what's gonna happen next in that bar because but she was like, does he know? And then yo, when Griffith go Hawkeye, son, I don't understand why it's the band of Hawks. Must be staring into his soul that eagle vision like in uh Assassin's Creed. like Assassin's Creed yeah <laughs> all right so um so the next episode episode 11 is that battle so it's that and then um I think it's does Casca wake up in this episode or is that the next episode 
well, it start the episode starts off with yeah. uh, it starts off with Griffith about to go to war, and then Charlotte runs down the stairs and is like, "Yo, Griffith, take this little necklace so you can come back to me." And Casca was was you know listening hurt. to the conversation. She was hurting her, and I felt that pain. Oh man, mm, mm, mm. shame. You hate to see it. But then they go off to war, and niggas, niggas is fighting, and then yeah, Casca gets her period as soon as she went. Why now? I was like, yo, did she get her period? Nah, honestly, I think she was still bothered from the conversation that that she had with. Nah, bro, she got her period, dog. It was something physical. It was like she, a physical she, like she, she got her period, dog. You you think that's really what it is? What gave y'all that indication? Maybe I miss. Maybe I missed something. Okay, so first she, she doubles first, over on the horse. Yeah, it starts up with her like, oh my god, why now? And she grabs her stomach, and I'm like, the only thing that it could have been, Their it's that. Pregnant. It's yeah, that that's what I was thinking. And I was like, there's no way she's pregnant because the only one she would give it up to is Griffith, and that's not happening. So that's what I was thinking. I was like, period, pregnant, and I was like, no, she couldn't have slept anymore, so it had to be period. And then she's getting all the effects. She passes out. And then as you find out later, when Guts like strips her, they just show the streak of blood. And oh, I like I kept doubling okay. back on that because I kept doubling back because you see the thing of blood and he goes, geez, it, he's like, it really is hard to be a woman. So it's oh, that. That's why he said that. OK. All right. That's yeah. Right. So it was that. And then I wanted to confirm. And they were like, yeah, because they can't be graphic in the anime. So they're not going to show it like directly. Even though they even though they're gonna show Casca's titties the next episode as a youngin, but whatever. Yeah, no, I know. Right? Well, it, no, you know what's wild? How they they had the nipples there as a youngin, but they didn't have it in the scenes where she's older. I was yeah, like, like, what is happening, bro? Like, what? Like, yeah. why? Like, why? Why is this? Why is this not making sense? This is making. So, also in um in the battle when she's fighting with the 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 whale dude, <laughs> the whale dude. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm just calling. He was funny. Lobowitz? Like yeah, something like that. It's yeah. a weird name. <laughs> so when she's like fighting with him, he keeps giving her shit for being a woman. So it's it's more into that. And yeah, it's, it is like she got her period, though. So that's why I was like, oh, man, is, is Gus finally going to get to to smash those cakes to smithereens? But then... Your first red stripe. period? Oh, my God. Red stripe. No, I'm saying I thought that was gonna happen. Where I was like, "Oh, maybe she's not," but it was like, "Nope, red stripe." Uh, yeah, that was that was wild. Oh man. But yeah, so fight happens. I guess split up, and then I think uh, does that episode end with that? That's what I'm saying. Does she wake up this episode? No, she after wakes they, up in they, the. Uh... Yeah, they, she wakes up in, in in the next episode. Okay, so the episode ends with them just falling, right? Oh, uh, um, he wakes. He brings her to the shore. Does CPR. And then wraps and sure she, she's valid. Yeah, she, she and then the he fever. takes mm-hmm. their clothes off and then huddles together for warmth, like she did him. Like yeah, and that's what he, that's what he says. He says, "Damn, it really is hard to be a girl." Yes, and and then that's the end. I don't really realize how big this nigga is until, until you see the size comparison. <laughs> I'm like, yo, this yeah. man is a giant. <laughs> for real, you know, you know pause. what he is. Pause. Pause. You know what he is. What. Massive. Yeah, that was a callback. That was a callback to our, our older episode. Yeah, an, I I know, John. I know. All right, all right cool. Ooh, I but um, you. next next episode is really backstory on Casca and like just show just shows a, a little lot insight of, uh, into Griffith as well. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely a little more more into Griffith. And first of all, yo, Casca's a bitch. I mean, she's justifiably <laughs> a bitch, but she's a bitch, bro. Oh, she like, is. She woke up and, and she really punched my son yeah, in she the was neck. Like, why? First thought was to fight him. Like, what? Yeah, she was like, yo, I would have rather got rescued by anybody but you. Like, damn, that would fuck with me. That my son, my son, yeah, was hurt, tight. Bro. He, was, she, he, he was, was like, like damn, she really does hate me. Shit. He was like, damn, I don't know why you hate me so much. Like, yo, you, if you was anybody else, not a woman, I would dislocate your jaw. That's crazy. <laughs> No, nah, see, my son Guts literally was like, oh, man, I can understand why you're mad. And then when she said, I wish it was anyone else, he was like, nah, 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 now you went too far. Did it feel, did it feel too predictable, though, the backstory? Like, um, yeah, no, oh, it definitely did. Def- definitely did. I knew, I knew it was going to happen before. Was Griffith's part. Oh, but, yeah, when they found out that, Br- that, that, that Griffith was out here tricking. <laughs> son, son, yo, that was the part. I was like, yo, I can't wait to get to the podcast. Like, yo, yo, my man was out here out, throwing it back for horses and cash. Oh, oh my gosh, someone's breaking that corner, boy. Son, he really was, yo. He had the horses in the back for real, <laughs> crazy. Oh man, nah, yeah, sh- and it's wild, bro, because it it gave some more depth to him as a character, not just him taking it in the rear but also um just the fact that it felt like he needed to after where she goes yo that's the most depressed i ever seen him was when that kid who wanted to be a knight was in our army and we saw him dead on the battlefield and as much as he says he doesn't feel it you can tell that he does with that and it's like he literally was just like yo like i'm doing this because i don't want to like if i can minimize the fighting and all that stuff he was like it shouldn't be he's like i don't feel bad for people who willingly decide to come fight and die because you know that's their choice but that doesn't mean that this should just be an easy decision for me to send people to go die like it shouldn't just be like i i shouldn't just have to think about myself you know what i mean i should do everything i can to limit that and like that's where it really gives an insight to him as a leader and it's just like how hard he took that and then how he, oh, he took it harder, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow, I just got. It. <laughs> oh my god, that that ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that and then where Casca goes, yo, and then things changed when you came. Then he changed all over again, and like you started getting all the stuff, and I couldn't understand it, and she was bitter and shit. But then that's also like my theory is that where he goes, the only person that I could think of as being a friend, someone who wants to do their own dream, like pursue their own dream, even if mine gets in the way. But I was like, so why did he think so highly of Guts? Does he actually think they're they're the closest to equals? But then we know Guts doesn't have a reason to live. So that's why I'm like, mm. well, that's I think the reason I think the reason why he's Envy's. I think he sees something in guts. I don't know what exactly it is yet. Oh my god! Maybe it's the fact that he was just living and wasn't being driven through such hardships by a dream. Probably, but I think that's the thing. That's the reason. That's the thing that separates guts from Casca. Casca's not living for a dream. Her like she doesn't have an individual. She's living for Griffith. She literally said, "I want to be his sword." Right. Everything she says and does in life is to protect him because he's helped save her when she was a kid. Right. So she's not living for herself she's living for griffith which is probably why which which is probably why that he's like he's not as close to her and she maybe she finally realized well no i guess she didn't realize that because she's like why why you why you but yeah nah 
my man's Griffiths was out here. It was like, yo, I'm not letting none of Tricking. my none of my people you know die out here for a pimp. <laughs> was like, yo, I don't think a song was about pimping himself out though. Oh yeah, but still, I thought he was gonna say something noble. Like, yeah, I kind of did that just to save. I made a an agreement with like the Pete with with the guy. He let all the kids go. And, and, and bro, he, I thought he was just when they found out about the kids, I thought he was just gonna kill them. Like, that's what I thought was gonna happen. Now, Justin, you don't think that like what he did was noble though? Because he said he, no, was, was. he he all did it for his quote unquote dream, bro. This is bro, what it, it this is was. what you know what I'm saying, based off of what he described it as, you know what I'm saying? Something that is forging a man's life or bringing suffering upon it. And it's just just bringing everything full circle. Like, yo, what Casca said in regards to, like, him having this dream of, like, you know, making the band of the Hulk as successful as it eventually, like, got to be. And basically, basically how, like, he offered, oftentimes, you got to hurt yourself in order to, not necessarily hurt yourself. It was something along the lines of he's carrying such a large burden that in the process, he's going to end up hurting himself. And doing mm-hmm. things to put it to put forth the people, it's like you you got you got to admit that's kind of admirable, bro. Yo, JT, who's your favorite sports writer? Or like someone you look up to in the industry? Um, I like Mark J. Spears. All right, would you take it in the butt one time to be Mark to to have Mark J. Spears career? Uh, oh hell no! Nah. See, I wasn't looking at the screen, so I heard the the noise, and I was like, "Wait, did Craig just stop recording and start recording? What's going on here?" Yeah, no, nah, that's a big negatory there, John. Because, uh, yeah, nah, nah, it's a lot of it's a lot of responsibility that I'm not ready to accept yet. His career, uh, but I'll grow into it. Uh, but no, my gotta, uh, I think it is. You gotta take smaller ones to work your way up to such a big goal. I like how this is going. I'll oh, turn. Please. I'll turn this conversation. I'll turn this conversation upside down if you really got. If you really Baby want. Steps. If you really want, I'll take it to another level. But anyway, <laughs> yo, let's just go, Miles. What I was saying is, it is noble <laughs> for what. Like I understand why he did it. He's like, I gotta take one for the team, literally and figuratively. Um, <laughs> So that my people don't die. And I think if he never see, maybe that's that's how he, like, it just forges him as a leader. Him seeing the kid die, he's like, Somebody uh, suck that baby's dick. Somebody suck Shout out to Cuba. <laughs> Cuba is so wild for that. No. Oh, my God. Yo, I I'm sorry. What were you saying? <laughs> no, but it's like I understand. Like, but I, I kind of figured when Casca was telling that part of the story, I was gonna see what type of leader, how what morals um Griffith had because she said, "Yeah, we were in a dispute, or like we had an agreement with this noble who did unnoble things. Like he had mad money, but he was a pedophile." So I was gonna. I thought it was gonna go on the tangent. Never heard that word before. Yo, me neither. SAT words right there. But I was. I was trying to see like, all right, is Griff? Where does Griffith's moral lie? Is he just gonna be accepting of the money and stuff? And like, kind of, he knows that these kids are in trouble or what's going on. But 
man, look, he was out here on that balcony. Who, buddy, feeling the breeze between his knees. So, most like I was like, maybe I saw it wrong. You were out here to discuss strategy. He went, nope. Yeah. That's like, not what happened at all. What you talking about? <laughs> I'm out there. It is 2.30 a.m. and I am shirtless. Well, someone's like, <laughs> what you doing here? Double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. All hell to the no, to the no, no, no. Y'all is, on, y'all is, y'all is on one tonight, but honestly, Griffin was really on one too, so. Oh, he yeah. was on one. <laughs> yeah, he was. He's just going to keep doing it. He I was, am. He, my son. My my son, my son. Wait, what? What was uh he awarded as by the by the royal court? They gave him a power he, bottom. No, no, no. Like uh, what, huh? what did they did they, they, they knighted him? <laughs> didn't even pick up on it. First oh off, first off, you just glazed over that. First off, Griff is a twink. Glazed. We all know this. Ain't no you goddamn said, way. Glazed or grazed? It glazed. sounded like you said glazed. I said oh, yeah. glazed. That, John. You y'all, you're on one tonight too. They made him a knight, or they made him a count. Both. Yeah. He was a knight. And oh, they became a knight count. count. I don't know if y'all ever saw the Pastor Wilson video, but my son Count Griffin was out here doing the Lord's work. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> oh, <Lord's> work, huh? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> he really turned this upside down. Boom! Gay relationship. Griffith and guts. See, now we're really getting weird. Yo, honestly. It's not far fetched. I'm it's just not. saying that's what that's that was what. the thing they would do in older animes too. A lot of older ones, they would not even just that, but sometimes they would be like a random trans character you wouldn't expect, or just a random trans character where it's just like oh, yeah, random just... trans characters in in this, yeah, or... this day, like Felix. No, I'm saying yeah, but I'm saying that's been like a thing in animes because me and my boys were talking about this older one called Gungrave. And they were like, oh, there actually was like a character that happened to be like trans or even when they have super feminine male characters and like older cartoons and stuff like that. Like it's always kind of been a thing. But um, I think it's interesting that they're not as feminine. But I maybe this is the twist that my friend was like, is this what you can expect? Shout out to Gant. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. But maybe this is what Casco. Ow. Maybe. I still think I, my, my money's still on... um on something bad happening to Griffith or just Griffith marrying the princess and losing all his motivation and Gus and Casca uh, ending up together. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm very scared to see what happens when, when uh, Griffith loses his ambition because something is going to happen. I, I mean, I know it is because when, um when Nosferatu pulled up and he warned Guts of what's going to happen when Griffith loses his ambition, you know, I'm just very interested. My my son might, you know, marry marry the princess and shit might go left. Ben of the Hulk might disband and you know, you don't know. Oh no. Mercenaries, man. And look, I'm just saying this guy guts is out here with like twenty-eight inch pythons biceps. Like it don't even oh make no sense, like God. just how like big this guy is compared to every like other characters. Cause like you know, like you have like the, Bro, the I'm just characters. Like, yeah. I'm so glad you think he's a juggernaut too, because I have no idea what his name is, and every time I see him, I'm just like, I'm just gonna call him the juggernaut. Hey, for who? The juggernaut character. Where? I don't know what his name is. In in the band of the hogs? Yeah. That's Pippin. Oh, that's his name? Yeah, yeah, the big, yeah, the big dude. Yeah, that's Pippin. Oh, okay. Pippin. I was like, oh, I'm just calling him that shit because I got the same helmet. 
like, like he happen, looks man. big. Like you can tell, like the way he's drawn. All right, you know he's an imposing character. Guts really doesn't look. He just looks mad ox, but he doesn't look imposing until he's next to like other characters, and you're just like, or he's shirtless. Yeah. I was like, yo, like uh-huh, Guts really out here, bro. Like, first of all, Guts, how you out here getting beat up by Casco? You're you're at least three twenty solid. She's probably one thirty. How you out here getting washed like this? this is crazy. He, was, he did not get washed. He ate that shit and was just like, "Why would you do this? I saved your life." That knife to the face. Oh man. No, nah, my son Guts is fed up. But now he's like, "Oh, I understand why you hate me now." It's the hate. It's the hate. It's oh the hate. my god. Text me. Be hitting. All right. Hold on. Hold on. You guys ready for this? Yep. This is um unrelated anime book club, but this is a tweet I just saw from a Mavs highlight account. Quoted this from a stats account. Right. Since Thanksgiving, the Wolves with Carl Anthony Towns are 0 16 with 120.9 defensive rating. There's an asterisk there. The Wolves without Carl Anthony Towns are 5 and 15 with an 105.5 defensive rating. And to go back to the asterisk, that would be the worst single season defensive rating in the three point era. Wow. That's really bad. But this man's talking about the best players aren't in the All Star game, huh? It's unfortunate. You hate to see it. Wild. Back to this man, Griffith, out here taking back shots worse than Pinky in her prime. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. That's a sound bite right there, if I ever heard one. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You damn sure right. You're going to make the listeners, if they haven't watched, they're going to think this, is, like, this show is really wild. Like, it wasn't like a two-second implied clip. Like, say, like we were, we're literally a week removed from it being three boring ass episodes. <laughs> Yo, we're like six degrees of separation away from this being a tutorial. I thought we were gonna get one, to be honest. In the cave, me too. Um, but sis, red light. I thought it was, was going to be the uh, the hate sex um, consent, man. Like, consent. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you gotta have but, that. That is very this important. Is our, this is our period. First time yeah. our period. That's a lot. Shark Week. So, yeah. Shark Week. <laughs> Wait, what? What was going on over there? Oh no, it was, it was just the Jimmy Butler clip. Oh man, oh man. But yeah, Griffith man. I don't like. I don't. Know. Yeah, Casket just puts way too much stock into Griffith, and I understand. I, I understand. Yeah, I totally understand. He that. saved her life as a kid, but like, you, like I don't know. Not only she, that. He didn't just save her life. He taught her what it meant to fight, which is bigger than just teaching someone to fight. Actually, she he made her save her own life. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not going to help you. Fight. Here's a sword. He went, yo, it, what, she's like, fighting means to protect something that you hold dear. He taught her what it meant to fight, not just how to fight. I thought what he was, what he, what that's she was going to out of it. That's some, that's that's some real shit, drum. I thought he, he, she was going to protect her like virginity or something like that. But yeah, I think we're I think we're done with uh, the grinder episode of uh... <laughs> Yo, you're really wilding. The grinder episode. It's my fault. So it's my fault now that 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 oh this anime God. decided to have <laughs> Griffith out here at two forty five a.m. 
the wind lightly bristling his hair and freaking uh what do you call it a, a fatter slobbier version of seth rogan coming up from behind him and oh, gosh. His shoulder. that's my seth fault rogan, right though? i don't know i couldn't think of any like sloppy uh fat white oh no they had freaking michael uh michael moore out here coming caressing his shoulder <laughs> But sans the baseball cap, but with a beard. That's oh, my God. fault, though. I'm i like I say all the time on Bro, Twitter, the whole scene took like three seconds. Not wow. the I'm not I don't make the news. I report it. It was, it, was, it was three seconds too long because I really had to run it back a few times, like, yo, what's going on here? <laughs> and thus the plot thickens. Oh, it was thick all right. Or should I say widen? <laughs> Y'all, it's been real. At least there's no. <laughs> wait, wait, Tom, wait, I got, I got one more. No. <laughs> oh my god. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. At least it's not a gape. <laughs> the one thing you know, there's not a gaping hole in the plot, but there is a gaping <laughs> hole in here. You didn't even wow. need to add the end part. <laughs> Just left it in there. This show got no holes in the plot, but it got holes other places. That's what I'm gonna say. But it's a good, it's a good thing that. I'm so comfortable with my sexuality, but unfortunately, but fortunately, actually, unfortunately, some of our illicit, you know what? Fuck it. Good night, y'all. I'm not doing this no more. Oh, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not doing this. This doesn't have no to more. go. John can easily cut this. Like, we can. Oh, it- no. oh I'm just, shit. That's probably not going to happen, bro. This shit is entertaining as hell. <laughs> oh, he's going to get us all out the paint. Well, <laughs> nah, nah, like, again, we we have no issue. With what's going on? We're just making light of the situation. I'm just making. Oh, I'm cracking show. all the jokes, yeah, man. The jokes are there. <laughs> As, man, oh, first man. of all, yeah, Cass got out here, not getting maybe, no maybe type a of action out here, man. It's the flagrancy. It'll be rough for uh, the totally spies. Uh, great, 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 great. Uh, grandma, bro, Princess just... Charlotte about to get about to get some before Casca. Cass gonna have to settle for guts, bro. And them listen. Guts well, the noble got some before Casca. Like, come on. Everybody getting a piece of Griffith except for Casca. Everyone getting a piece of Griffith? <laughs> so they divide. <laughs> he got the whole thing. And they dividing him up like a nice slice of marble uh, cheesecake. It's just crazy. Marble cheesecake? What? Oh, man. Miles, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm t- I'm tuned out to make your conversation. Okay, okay, all right, all right. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Right. Oh boy, I'm done. Oh, the all right. One last thing. It's not about Griffith though, and his Michael Moore lover. Um, yeah, I don't know. This the Charlotte thing is very interesting to me because you're seeing as the episodes go on, her personality is growing as she gets more comfortable with. Um, Griffith. She's like a child who's in love. Yeah, like so said. I think she's she just turned sixteen, right? That's what her mm-hmm. mom said. And I think even That's just, regular time to get married in the medieval crazy, right? And I think even like just her being defiant against her mom is just was a was a change in her personality. Just hanging around Griffith, um, yep. you know, love love makes you do crazy things. I I understand that, but like no, I, I think Griffith. the the character development of Charlotte will be interesting. And it might play a factor in maybe like decisions her father makes, decisions that Griffith makes, you know. Yeah. I mean, we know her father likes Griffith a lot already. So, so you I think can see her father being like, yeah, I'm fine. Pushing to marry. Um, yeah. Charlotte, yeah. Count Julius and Adonis are out of the way. So 
Yep. He got them all out the paint. It's what I don't. Is it weird though? I mean, I, maybe I just don't understand like the hierarchy. But the mom was saying like, "Oh, you shouldn't be like. Why are you giving like that commoner like a, uh, mm-hmm. you know, such a sacred piece like uh, or something?" Charlotte's like, "Oh, it's mine. I can do whatever I want." But like, if he's such a respect, shouldn't shouldn't he have more? I guess status. I thought he had higher status. Like he's like a whole. He has the only knight. reason he has the status is because the king fucks with him. But part of the reason, and that's part of the reason why Julius never liked him, is on um, the fact that he's not from noble birth, and that's a common thing, especially in like um that kind of environment, yeah, hierarchical cultures and stuff like that. Like that's normal. That's why not everyone who is part of the um, what are they called? Band of Hawks? No, 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 not the Band of Hawks. The the, the court family. The, the court. court. Yeah, not everyone in the court fucks with him because of that. They're like, "Yo, who's this newbie? He's from um, he's from common birth, like all that shit." He's out here winning the war for you guys. My son is new money, right. and they're not fucking with it. It's like, yo, y'all better be grateful because y'all would have been getting swept in 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 four if it wasn't for Griffin, man. They would have got my son, my son Griffin needs, needs to knock him up real quick. They would have got shaft. Oh my god, yo, this is, <laughs> this is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> isn't that funny? Like, I can only imagine if we were recording together, Maz would probably have just like just got up and left the room. Bro, we gotta record <laughs> together, bro. Oh man, this shit was funny. All right, but yeah, I, I, I wonder, and I wonder if they do marry, if Charlotte and Griffin hypothetically marry, how that affects the band of Hawks. If they would disband, if they would just become a part of the the royal army, like officially, they're technically a part of the army right now. Because he's a whole count. Are they part of the army, or are they just like kind of like the side? Like, no. Once he became, um, I think once he became a knight, they were acknowledged as part of the army, and that's why people were like, "Yo, what are these mercenaries doing as part of the army?" Like, da da da. And then once he be like, when he became a count, it was like there's nothing they can do. Uh, that makes sense. I think uh, guts is ever gonna get caught or get suspicious. The only person I suspect, yo, well. I guess nobody knows that it's guts, but do you think he'll ever get caught, or somebody will find out that he was responsible for the deaths? No, um, I think not unless not unless Griffith blows it up and needs yeah. to like you know like use him as a scapegoat, right? He like, oh, I think guts did it, but then again, I don't know because I think stab him in the back. Yeah, it's possible, possible, but predictable. Possible but predictable. Let's let's go with that. Uh, he didn't catch that one. Oh my God! You're just stabbing John, me in the back. John, you're just, John is on his John. John, right John, John is on one, bro. John is in all I'm, 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 oh, yeah. John is like Swedish taboo. He is in rare form. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what do you guys think is gonna happen next? Oh man. <laughs> okay. 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 Uh, honestly, I think they're gonna get found by. They'll they'll make their way back to the camp or wherever they are. Like find. You think they make it? Oh, because so you think they make it safely? Yeah, um, yeah. I think they put their differences aside just to for the moment to make their way back uh, or bond on the journey back. I I could see that. Caskin may or Griffith may share a little bit about himself. It's not not Griffith. Um, Guts Guts. might share a little bit about himself, and then I don't know. I think we just continue fighting. Because the battle's still going on, apparently. I'm with you on that, man. And Griff is changing. We're seeing him change. 
That's what that's my thing. I think Griff is about to about to change up completely because we just saw a completely different side of him from the from the past few episodes. So that's my prediction. Mm, yeah, I mean, I know, man. Man is, is chasing some poem right now, making him switch up. I'm very curious as to what's gonna happen. I thought I thought Guts wasn't gonna be able to handle it, and I was like, maybe he's gonna get found out. And um, but hey, man. I was almost out, and the show reeled me back in. Yeah, it was episode episode thirteen was a turning point, man. Oh, what was it? Episode 10? 10. Episode thirteen. I was like, we didn't even get to thirteen yet. Dog. No, 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 no. Episode ten. Yeah, I'm excited for these uh, next couple episodes, man. If you guys are watching along with us, we're just gonna be watching another three episodes as we have been. So for next week, do um thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen. So uh. We can um continue the story of guts, and I'm not talking about uh, Griffiths. To end on a high note, there, John. Way to um, end on a look at that. Aroldis Chapman coming in in the <laughs> bottom of the ninth to close it out. Well done, sir. Well, thank done. you, thank you. John is just John. John, you the re- you the real MVP tonight, man. I'm not gonna hold you. He is. He is. Oh, it's man. not. It's not an easy job, but you know, yeah, it's not. It's not. But you I, did I, it. I'm not gonna lie. When you guys were explaining your your parts, uh, right before the close, I was I was laughing because there was mad times I could have just uh, been like, "Oh yeah." I think some about like changing. We're seeing the change. Yeah, I, I thought about like, it too. I thought about oh, it too. Oh, oh, man. The other guy saw the change too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Anything else, guys? Oh man. Y'all know my y'all know my body, man. I it, it's funny because I told y'all that the Chiefs was gonna win 34-24. And shout out my son Aaron Boone for predicting the score of the game correctly. Man, he really he really was on some shit with that. But um, as always, y'all do y'all thing. Y'all have a good week. And uh excited to talk NBA and ABC for the next few weeks. Since there's no more football, guys. Yeah. Follow Saratoga Sports everywhere. We'll be um, coming back next week, Thursday, as usual. And you can do anything you put your mind to. And in a pinch, bit makes good loop. For sure, for sure. Right. Well, that was something. Uh, You guys already know what the deal is. Follow me, J underscore Thomas underscore 24. Uh, As always, tip your bartenders. Don't tip your strippers because you're already paying their fee and as it is. Uh, no, tip your sex workers too. Yeah, d- do that. The sex workers, not the strippers. You they count. A stripper, a stripper. Oh, they, they count as sex, but they're the not uncultured swine. Yes, but they're not giving sex. They're just dancing. That <laughs> counts as a sex worker. That's crazy. Justin, just, Justin only been to the to the to the old white girl strip clubs and shit. It's not true. I went mm-hmm. to Delilah's that one time. Delilah's. Yeah, in Philly. Oh, That's right next to... Uh, oh, the, oh, yeah. Yeah, right next to Riverdeck. Uh, did you ever go to Onyx, though? I, I did not. Yeah, I meant to because the commercials just sound so great. This Saturday, one <laughs> night only, we at Onyx. <laughs> uh, be we the... got strippers swallowing <laughs> bunny rabbits. That <laughs> 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 would be, though. So that's, that's just what's crazy. But, you know, uh, yeah. And just remember, guys, a bird in the hand is worth two in the butt.
<laughs> Freaky. <laughs> All right. On that note, we'll catch y'all next week. Yeah.